be afraid. Be very afraid. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is uh, July 1st, 2020, and uh, this is episode 214, and this week, Chirona Resurrection. And I, as usual, am not your echo chamber, but instead, I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons coming at you live on all the platforms, YouTube, on the Face Like the Sun channel, Canary Cry Radio, uh, Twitch, DLive, Facebook, Periscope, although it looks like we're having some issues already with uh, buffering and all that kind of stuff, so fun. Classic. Yeah, they probably and, uh, got uh, YouTube note, probably got triggered from the uh, the 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 name of the episode and the art of the episode. I know, man. You got to stop making <laughs> such bannable titles. Well, We're no, so bannable. I know. Yeah. It's okay. But remember, everybody, if you're having trouble with the stream today, no matter where you are, uh, one of the best things you can do is go to a podcast app, whether it's uh, Stitcher or Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts and subscribe to Canary Cry News Talk uh, because we always put up the episode same day, usually same day. Um, So if you have a problem with the live stream, you can always catch the episode. Uh, in its purest, most high fidelity form uh, on the podcast feed. And that'll be the way to go. Gons, we have not done a live show in, uh, in what, four days? Wait, yeah, well, we missed days. one episode, but we're back. But we warned you, we warned y'all, um, but we're happy to be here this Wednesday. Anything exciting happened since last show, Gons? Um, I got my first ever manicure pedicure. That was uh, <laughs> the most frightening thing I think I've experienced in a while. Wow. That's yeah. uh, okay. Manny Petty. Getting Manny yeah. Petty. The wife wanted you clean uh, fingernails and toenails. And um, I realized that when I, when I look at what the, uh, the, the old Vietnamese lady there, when I look at what she's doing and all the tools she's busting out, it freaked mm-hmm. me out. So I had to kind of turn my head and look the other way. Um, mm. But uh, my toes look fantastic and my fingernails are so <laughs> shiny. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> What they can do for you. Wow, so you got some good quality time with the wife there. Yes, yes. Doing yeah. doing what I can. Happy okay. wife, happy life, right? Yeah. So Yeah. Sacrificing that's what they the, say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good. Uh nothing too exciting for me. Uh went on a couple more bike rides. Got got a little bit of info um about the 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 homeless saga on my bike ride along right. the river there um i got a buddy who who, who uh, is related to someone in the police force uh in this area and it turns out that there is a, a pretty a pretty aggressive anti-homeless campaign um, being run by the mayor, but it's very clandestine. Uh, it's not like a public policy. It's sort of a private undercover policy um, to roust uh, the homeless population um, whenever they start to 
you know, congregate too much. And right. it is, uh, it is interesting. I don't know. It's, you know, they're, they're not making a big deal about it, but you know, in 2020, the year of, uh, you know, p- political correctness and kindness and equality for all, uh, you gotta make your homeless rousting policies secret. So I don't know. Mm. We'll see if maybe some investigative reporters take down the mayor. I think you'd be the perfect uh, homeless, not, I wouldn't say infiltrator, but advocate. maybe like an insider. Uh-huh. Ad, well, not just advocate. I already know you're an advocate, but you know, <laughs> just to live amongst them, you know, uh, you'd, uh, yes. you'd fit right, right in. <laughs> Wait, and, why uh, would I do that? You're just, just the, <laughs> I would just be good at being homeless for no yes. reason. Yes. I think I, I think I would. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to try it out. Of course, I... I do my best to help people out, but you know, if there if there was a reason, um, you know, it seems like uh, I don't want to belittle the the experience, but you know, if you're good at camping, then you could uh, at least make it through the night. Right. You might yeah, have to so. tr- try out your Krav Maga skills. Uh, it can be dangerous <laughs> out there on the streets, guns. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, yeah. we should probably get into it because uh, right. people are Sounds hearing good. about my fingernails and your. Well, I guess your thing is kind of important. More I think important than your my thing is important too, Gons. Don't belittle your your Manny Petty. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, let's uh, start out with a quick flippy update. Flippy update. Do you want fries with that? Okay, Flippy Update. Flippy, for those who don't know, is our uh, colloquial lovable name for the disembodied robot arms and their relatives that are sneaking their way into our lives, um, changing society from the inside out and making your life easier. But at the same time, they are stealing our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. Um, Today, Gons, I'm over at FT.com. Uh, that's the Financial Times, Financial Times and the yeah. article is titled "Anti-Social Robots Help to Increase Coronavirus Social Distancing." Anti-social robots. Anti-social. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought all robots are pretty anti-social, but okay. That is so racist. You don't talk about <laughs> our good robot friends that way. Uh, The article reads, at a FedEx ground site in North Carolina, autonomous carts are used to unload packages from conveyor belts. DHL supply chain uses artificial intelligence software to assign robots for specific tasks at its depot in Wisconsin, while logistics company Geotis uses robots to haul goods and minimize human tasks at its plant in Texas. The adoption of such technologies is expected to grow as the COVID-19 pandemic forces companies Companies to reduce human interaction in the workplace and increase their reliance on automation. Quote, yep. coronavirus is likely to accelerate automation. Carl Benedict Frey, director of Oxford University's Future of Work program, wrote in the Financial Times, quote, even after COVID-19 passes, even after COVID-19 passes, companies will want to pandemic proof their operations. FedEx, DH, uh, DHL, and Geodis are all customers of Vecna Robotics, a U.S. technology company whose self-driving pallet trucks automate material handling with its AI platform is used to improve fleet management as well as lowering labor costs. Such technologies reduce companies' reliance on human-operated machinery. Quote, COVID-19 issues are overwhelmed 
uh, sorry, COVID-19 issues overwhelmed companies and created a new level of awareness for greater flexibility in supply chains, says Daniel Theobald, Vecna's founder and chief executive. Quote, the supply chain needs greater levels of resilience and flexibility. Automation is key to this development. Such demand was highlighted in the e-commerce giant Amazon's 2020 first quarter sales, which rose almost 30% year on year while its market capitalization has increased $400 billion in the year to date. At the same time, Amazon warned that keeping workers healthy and products moving could cost an additional $4 billion in the following quarter as the pandemic placed strain on its vast network. The world's most valuable company uses more than 200,000 robots to move products in its warehouse and is developing drones for use uh, to be used for delivery. Uh, COVID-19 will massively push the automation and digitization of supply chains, says Klaus Stobitzer, head of supply chain at Siemens, a German manufacturer. What previously required laborious manual coordination is now controlled autonomously. And then it talks more about some companies uh, making the transition. But there you go, Gons. Uh, you know, this is something that we've noticed over the past few months, but we've been following following the uh, the replacement of human workers with ever increasing uh, you know, sophisticated technology. And as <laughs> I saw a post today on Facebook, um, you know, it's a, it's a used car salesman and he's slapping his hood on the slapping his hand on the hood of a car and says, Oh, this baby, you can fit so many agendas into this baby. And, uh, the car was titled COVID-19. So there you go. One of the agendas is, uh, automation of the workforce to pandemic proof, uh, the economy, which, you know, again, it's the economy is a complicated thing, but uh, part of the reason the economy exists is to give people jobs. And if you just take away everybody's jobs, why even bother having an, an economy? Um, I guess that's a good reason to add in the universal uh, basic income. So all sorts of stuff wrapped up in there. But watch out. You, you, soon we will not even need a human to receive uh, our goods from the, from the Amazons and such. Um, Gonza, I have another really important update for you. Are you ready? Sure. It's a kitten. This is Monty 3, everybody. Welcome to the family, Monty 3. Um, he's a coronavirus kitty, and he's here to save the day. So mm, if you cute. hear any crashes or hear me scream, um, it's probably him attacking any various parts of my body and my office so you're free to go little one i'm waiting for the little kitties to take down the green screen so that your entire lab operation is exposed <laughs> you'll just see them start climbing up the green screen yeah. behind me oh that'll be fun all uh, right there you go just what do you to mention well flippy was actually mentioned in the article further down in miso robotics and we know about it and there's a picture of flippy that i've never seen mm-hmm. um and it's you know it's just flippy in action he's got his robot arm and his spiky wrist uh putting a, a patty down on the grill or i don't know it looks like a, a i don't know it doesn't look like a grill but anyway okay just thought i'd mention it because uh it's we don't usually see pictures of flippy too often so anybody interested go take a look Okay. Uh, we do have a quick update, a uh, brief update. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. 
This was reported on NBCNews.com. California Shakes Up Auto Industry says all vans and trucks must be electric by 2024. And I'll just read a couple of paragraphs here. California regulators have approved new rules that would see a massive shift from conventional gas and diesel trucks and vans to ones powered by batteries and zero emission hydrogen fuel cells. Uh, the first of their kind guidelines, which takes effect in 2024, cover a broad range of truck segments from medium duty models up to the big rigs that mo- uh, move vast amounts of goods throughout California and across the country. Current guidelines from the California Air Resource Board already press manufacturers to add electric and hydrogen trucks to light duty segments. So uh, there you go. We're one step closer to Optimus Prime. Yeah, <laughs> Optimus Prime. Yeah, you know that's uh, that's interesting. There were countries in the uh, EU. I, I don't know if the EU itself has made this commitment, but many European countries have made the commitment to entirely switch all cars over to electric vehicles. Um, and there you go. So it does not surprise me that California is following suit. You know, there's a lot of interesting. Uh, back and forths about the viability of, you know, switching an entire country's uh, vehicles over to electricity, mainly because, uh, you know, what do you do to create the electricity to charge the cars? Most of the time it's burning coal or something like that. Uh, so you're Humans just going to have to burn uh, hamster more. wheels. Yeah. Hey, there's, there's a good way to do it. Yeah. If I had a little, uh, you know, pedal thing under my desk here, I could be getting some exercise and creating the, the electricity needed to run this, this massive, technologically advanced studio podcasting studio (laughs) Um, studio. (laughs) but there's uh there's a funny video going around where it was a tesla charging station i think it was somewhere in the u.s and it was right next to a giant diesel generator that powered the (laughs) tesla uh charging station so which uh we didn't we didn't report the story it was in potential stories but uh didn't a tesla battery blow up or something Oh, Recently? yeah, there's been lots of problems for a few years now with the Tesla batteries blowing up. Right. Okay. Well, there's a quick update. Uh, Optimus Prime. Yeah. Telling you. There you go. Right around the corner. <laughs> All right, Gons. Last episode, we were talking about uh, uh, Chaz Chop, which uh, now fr- from henceforth, we will follow suit from the uh, the media guidelines and simply call it Chop. So we don't have to say both. So I will, I will deny such <laughs> you're gonna keep saying Chaz chop such yeah such rules I, I don't follow these arbitrary rules about what to call things that's sexist guns all right well uh hit me with that chop jingle get in the zone capitol hill auto zone Chaz stinks yeah, Chaz I guess stinks, that is problematic because our jingle <laughs> our is Chaz, Chaz and then they Chaz. changed the name to chop come on maybe guys. that's why they changed it they, yeah, they didn't like the the jingle you know, it does. Like, it oh, would it gives away too much. Um, okay, let's head over to the International Business Times, ibtimes.com. And last show, uh, Jenny Durkin had just announced, Mayor of Seattle, that she was going to start dismantling CHOP. And they had uh, had a couple of attempts. 
But today, it's very nice of Jenny to save all of the big announcements and big actions for show days because, you know, this is exciting breaking news. And the article is titled, Seattle Police Begin Dispersing Chop After Near Month Long Occupation, Comma, Multiple Shootings. Okay. Seattle police on Wednesday began dispersing protesters who have occupied the Capitol Hill Occupation Protest, or CHOP, for nearly a month as part of an ongoing Black Lives Matter protest. Police began dispersing protesters around 5.30 a.m. and have arrested at least 13 people refusing to leave the area. Mayor Jenny Durkin ordered the CHOP to be dispersed Tuesday, saying, quote, reported life, safety, public health, and property issues has forced the city to step in and regain control of the area. This sentiment was echoed by Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best, who also shared her support for the peaceful Black Lives Matter protest seen across the U.S. And then there's a tweet here from the Seattle. Hmm? Yeah. 13 doesn't seem like a whole lot to uh, to stop. Well, remember the... the, uh, the reports coming out of CHOP last week were that the numbers were dwindling drastically. I think at one point last week, they said uh, they only had 71 people still in the the CHOP zone, you know. So right. out of 71, you know, 13, what are you talking? What? We're talking 20% or so. What happened to the superheroes? Are the 13, like the 13 left genetically that modified a, superheroes that Maybe that that's who identified? they arrested. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Seattle superheroes sprang into action and uh, thing they're gonna have to get sprung out of jail because that's where you go the vigilantes they I will say the Seattle superheroes that included the Red Ranger uh shoot I keep forgetting all their names now I don't justice even know. justice uh, I can't remember something justice and don't forget owl medicine. Owl Medicine. He <laughs> wasn't officially part of no, it, but he, he was a, he was we, the vigilante vigilante. Yes, he was, uh, you know, he does, uh, his main weapon is crystals and sage. Um, <laughs> where was I going with this? I have no idea. Oh, they're, the, uh, article. they're not the heroes Seattle wants. They're the heroes that uh, Seattle deserves. Um, so ooh, keep that in mind. Yep. Shots. Here we go. Continuing, quote, uh, well, this little tweet from Seattle Police Department, due to ongoing violence and public safety issues in the East Precinct slash Cal Anderson Park area, Mayor Jenny Durkin has issued an executive order to vacate the area. Seattle Police will be in the area this morning enforcing the mayor's orders. Um, And that was a tweet from today. The article continues, quote, this order and our police response comes after weeks of violence in and around Capitol Hill occupied protest zone, including four shootings resulting in multiple injuries and the deaths of two teenagers. Best said Tuesday in a statement, Uh, as I have said and will say again, I support peaceful demonstrations. Black Lives Matter and I, too, want to help propel this movement towards meaningful change in our community, the CHOP or Capitol. Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, CHAZ, as it was originally called, formed after the first wave of Black Lives Matter protests in Seattle clashed with police. Protesters then took over a six-block area of the city, including the area outside of the Seattle's police East Precinct, and created an autonomous police-free zone. Thousands of protesters would flock to the area in the coming days, uh, turning the autonomous zone into a national sensation. As time went on, violence with the CHOP was 
was becoming a regular occurrence with several reported fights and property damage in the autonomous zone. It escalated on June 20th when the first multiple shootings took place in the chop, leaving a 17-year-old boy dead and a 33-year-old man injured. Uh, The magic number there, 33. Have to sneak that into almost every news article nowadays. Uh, Two more people were wounded in two subsequent shootings. A shooting on Monday left a 16-year-old dead and left a 14-year-old wounded. That was two days ago. Uh, so there you go. They're taking it down. They've they've been trying to take it down for a week, but it sounds like uh, Jenny Durkin is, is losing patience. Um, so there you go. And as always, like I reported a couple weeks ago, these autonomous zones are not as rare as you would think. Um, the numbers average out to about two of these autonomous zones pop up uh, across the uh, planet, the pancake, the uh, the globe, whatever you whatever you believe in. Um, two of them pop up through, you know, internationally every year, and they always end the same way. Either they institutionalize and become the monster they were trying to slay, or they're just taken back over by the government. Um, so this is no different. And uh, I don't know, Guns, there you go. It's it's finally happening. I mean, I don't know how long I thought this would last, um, but uh, we did see the the allegedly fake announcement from a fake Chaz Chop Twitter account last week trying to get everybody out of there. Um, but all good things must come to an end. Yeah, and uh, for those watching on screen, I'm showing some actual footage from the ground uh, a few hours ago, a huge police mob just walking through the streets and, you know, pushing over uh, <laughs> yeah. some protesters there. And it's, uh, you know, and it's kind of funny how mm. we'll go ahead. No, no, you can, you finish. I was just going to say it's, it's funny how, you know, they, they wanted all these people, thousands of people fled and they're like, yeah, you know, BLM and change and all this kind of stuff. And then after a while they're like, yeah, okay, I want to take a shower. I'm going to go <laughs> home now. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what I mean, <laughs> and it's interesting too seeing it from the government's responses. I mean, Jenny Durkin originally abandoned the zone and gave it over to the protesters because she wanted to exemplify a different way, a, a new right. way of uh, cooperating with citizens and trying to talk, talk it out, you know. And yeah. they did, you know. Jenny and other officials met with the leaders of the Chop Zone. Um, many times over the month that they were there and t- tried to talk it out as much as possible, which resulted in the city uh, paying for uh, amenities like uh, water and and uh, electricity and porta potties and and cleaning crews and things like that. Um, but it doesn't seem like whoever was in charge over there at Chop uh, was reciprocating the deal in any way. And it sounds like Jenny just got tired of trying to do it the new way. She lasted a month, but you know it's hard to resist when you're when you've got the uh, a police force. At your fingertips, it's hard to resist the temptation to just take it by force. And yeah. of course, you know, after all this, after all the talking, they had to go in and take it by force in the first place. So uh, I don't know. That just didn't really work out for anybody. Well, there's the other theory that you mentioned uh, prior to the show about the 
the bikers saying that they're going to take it over on July Fourth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe the timing was a you know let's let's not clash with the bikers because uh, yeah that could well be a that problem. was an interesting thing because a while back a few weeks ago the uh, bikers for Trump and a couple other you know I don't know but uh, the media would call them patriotic. Uh, groups or white nationalist groups, you know, of course, that's synonymous nowadays, um, would be coming in on 4th of July to retake the zone. Later on, there were some statements from Bikers for Trump that, no, they weren't planning on doing that. But the timing of Jenny Durkin uh, ending the zone does kind of suggest that she wanted to break it up before there was a chance for, you know, some escalation or, or some sort of clash. Yeah, and uh, what about the Ronas? Nobody's concerned about the Ronas in the in the zone. Gons, don't you know that the Ronas, uh, the, you know, the, the protests actually slowed down the spread of the Rona. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we'll get to that story. Why don't we just do it now? Do you want to do it now? Uh, sure. COVID. I got it right here. You look, did you find it? I'm looking for it. I did. Yep. Found it here. You want me to do it? It's kfoxtv.com. El Paso coronavirus testing numbers, quote, counting people twice. Was that the one you were looking for? Um, no, there was a different one. Oh, it's the one before that. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Hold on. It was. Nope. That's new study. I have it here. Um, do you want to take it or do, do you want? There it is. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. ColoradoSun.com. Sorry about that. We'll get to the other story there. Black Lives Matter protests may have slowed overall spread of coronavirus in Denver and other city uh, cities. New study finds. This is wild. Yeah. Okay. As protests against racism and police violence swept across the country, drawing massive crowds into the streets amid a pandemic, public health officials worried about what the overall impact would be. With these protests, which many health leaders said they support, also turn out to be virus super spreading events. But a new study by Nationwide Research Team, or by a Nationwide Research Team that includes a University of Colorado Denver professor, has found something surprising. The protests may have slowed the overall spread of the coronavirus in cities with large <laughs> demonstrations, including De- Denver. <clears throat> this is yeah. great. This is so good. Mm-hmm. Quote We think that what's going on. Is it's the people who are not going to protest are staying away, said Andrew Friedson, uh, the CU Denver professor who is one of the papers' co-authors. Quote, the overall effect for the entire city is more social distancing because people are are avoiding the protests. Hmm. (laughs) Interesting logic. Interesting logic. Uh, It's nice to have some numbers. Friedson's specialty is economics. Uh, Okay, so that's why we should listen to him on all this other stuff, specifically the economics of healthcare. The field of COVID-19 research now contains a multitude of subspecialities or specialties, and it has offered or it has often been economists leading the way in understanding how people are changing their behaviors in response to the pandemic. Has it really? That's interesting to say as well. As the protests build, uh, uh, as the protests built, I know, I'm sorry, I'm I'm having (laughs) some issues. I'm out of shape from the. I'm missing the episode. Rusty. Friedson said he and his colleagues took note of the rising concerns about viruses spread. 
He said they also realized they had the ability to answer that question using official coronavirus case counts and the anonymous aggregated cell phone data that has become the gold standard for tracking societal shifts in movement. Wow. The team worked quickly and published their findings earlier this month as a National Bureau of Economic Research working paper, meaning has not yet been, been peer-reviewed. Uh, quote, I'm someone who likes to get the answers out, Friedson said. There are a lot of people who say, well, I think it should happen, or I think this should happen, and it's nice to have some numbers to inform these decision-making processes. The paper comes as officials in Colorado and other states are concerned about the rising infections, especially among young people. New infections among young people have contributed significantly to Colorado's uptick in cases in recent days, a rise that reversed a weeks-long trend of falling case numbers and has put Colorado back on the list of potential coronavirus problem spots. Meanwhile, the number of new infections among older Coloradians or Coloradans has dropped. With the July 4th holiday approaching, Governor Jared Polis and county health officials have pleaded with people to be responsible and avoid large gatherings. Quote, we don't have the direct causation of this uptick, Polis told reporters last week, noting that there's evidence that some young people who are part of an outbreak in Boulder had attended protests while other outbreaks are tied to social gatherings. Quote, and we hope this is a trend that is reversed in our state. And kind of goes on here. No, yada, keep yada, going because there's there's okay, some important fine. stuff here. I I can take right. over if you want, but the spokesman Ian Dixon said the uptick infections quote may be partly due to some Coloradans changing their behavior, especially socializing in larger groups, sometimes without proper distancing or mask wearing. Friedson said his paper doesn't try to figure out whether the protests spread the virus among the people at the protest. Wait, hey. you skipped a you skipped a whole paragraph there. I did. Yeah, two actually. So may oh, I? Oh, on Monday, on Monday, a spokesman for the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment said that while the state has now seen rising numbers of new cases for two consecutive weeks, quote, we have not seen any clear association between the protests and an increase in cases, except for. Two things that they already mentioned, stating that they are seeing an uptick in younger cases, which right. who are the people going to the to the protests? It's young people. So you've got an uptick in the main an uptick in the main demographic of people going to these uh, protests, as well as it's an uptick in the last two weeks, which means it, with a 14 day uh, uh, incubation period that the the timeline lines up directly with the start of protests being four weeks ago. They start four weeks ago, two weeks in, cases start to uh, pop up, and here we are two weeks later in the perfect amount of timing uh, where young people, the main demographic, are getting more sick after protests. And yet, we have not seen any clear association between the protests and increasing cases. Uh, this is mm -hmm. double speak at its yeah. uh, at its perfected form. Yeah, Friedson uh, doesn't try to figure out what did the protests mean for overall transmission of the virus within the entire community. The study looked at 315 American cities with populations of more than 100,000 and found that 281 of those cities saw protests. The remaining 34 cities that did not see protests, which at the time including included Aurora, were used as a control group against. Uh, which to measure the impact of the protests. 
The researchers found that protests correlated with a net increase in overall stay-at-home behavior in cities where they occurred, and the increase was larger in cities that saw more sustained protests or reports of violence. Okay, so, right, so this is another example. Remember, Bill uh, Bill Gates' favorite book, he loves showing it off in his videos, How to Lie with Statistics. And that's right. exactly what's going on here. They say the researchers found that protests correlated with a net increase of overall stay-at-home behavior in cities where they occurred, trying to say that, yes, people stayed home because they did not want to... Uh, uh, you know, get involved with the protests. So that's great. It's good people stayed at home. And yet uh, the increase was larger in cities that saw more sustained protests or reports of violence. So hello, uh, it's it, they're just <laughs> talking back and forth, proving, uh, well, disproving their own point and uh, proving the point that it's it's crazy to see how these this quote unquote international or national research group is bending things every which way they possibly can uh, to try and say that you know tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of people all gathering together not social distancing actually caused the the coronavirus to stay away it's complete poppycock. And all you have to do is read what they say. I know. Yeah. Well, they're, I think they're, yeah, they, they pick and choose. And, and by the way, that book, how to lie with statistics, it's not a straightforward, how to lie with statistics. It's how did, how people bend the information, the data to make it fit a certain narrative. And, yeah. And, well, you I can mean, that's, see, you can say anything you, you want with any sets of numbers. Right. So and, if and you're trying any, any to say that, uh, you know, civil unrest and protests uh, does <laughs> where bunches of young people are getting together in the streets, breathing hard, shouting, which is another reason, uh, you know, that was one of the biggest reasons they wanted to shut down church services is because right. it's people singing, which increases the spread of the virus. Well, what happens at these protests? People shouting and chanting and uh, all that stuff. It's, it's the exact same situation as a church service. And yet, of course, church services and other gatherings like that are uh, considered to be mega spreaders for the exact same reasons a protest would Wait be a, a mega spreader. <laughs> Listen to this sentence here. Okay. So, yeah. but Friedson said that there's one last important thing to keep in mind about this study. It's not a green light for governments to fully reopen bars, concert venues, and other places where people gather in large numbers. The key to the researchers' conclusions, okay, this is the key to their conclusions, is that the protests, while receiving lots of support, were ultimately things most people decided to avoid. That's not true of many other large gatherings. That's their logic. <laughs> I know. That, it's crazy. It <laughs> makes no sense. It's crazy. Um, there was another paragraph here that you skipped, but it said the paper also found that with greater social distancing, COVID case growth slowed in cities with protests from what would be expected. Okay. From what would be expected, but not by a statistically significant amount. They're making a case that in their own words is not by a statistically significant amount. 
There may be other explanations for the trends, the study authors note. Overall, though, they say the data show that any resurgence in coronavirus cases can't be pinned, and here's where the rhetoric comes in, can't yeah. be pinned entirely on the protests. Yeah. <laughs> so this, the, you know, the spirit of this article is no, 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 no. Protesting is good. It's the churches and the bars and the restaurants that are killing everybody. But, you know, tens of thousands of people gathering uh, all together and spitting in each other's faces and shouting and spreading the uh, coronavirus. That can't we can't pin uh, the increase in coronaviruses entirely on the protests and that's where they get you with the rhetoric because yeah maybe 99% of the uptick can be because of the protests but it's not entirely because there's that 1% of that group of young people who had a barbecue yeah or went to church or whatever it is and somebody you know we've been seeing a lot of these uh non-peer-reviewed studies being picked up by news outlets you know to generate headlines right and somebody i can't remember who it was somebody over the weekend who is uh, i think she said she was a biologist or something messaged us and and kind of gave us a scoop about what that means that a lot of you know there's a lot of obviously not peer-reviewed papers i don't want to misquote them so I, i'm going to maybe try to look for it but um Point being that, well, my point being that they're picking up these articles without the peer reviews, but, you know, go ahead and just generate headlines, study finds. And right. as long as you have new study finds, people are going to believe that study, yeah. even if it's not verified. It's by not peer reviewed. It's not good science. It's it's it, it's nothing. And yet it's getting pushed out there uh, to work this double speak. And the biggest this the last uh, little paragraph here says way more than I think they intended on saying, but it says here at the end, an outdoor wedding doesn't generate avoidance behavior. We're measuring avoidance behavior, Fridson said. People don't say, oh man, there's an outdoor wedding next door. We should stay at home, which <laughs> is correct. What? Yes. Nobody's terrified of an outdoor <laughs> wedding next door. And yet they're saying uh, uh, weddings specifically are still, you know, being banned. And uh, I believe we took the article out um, that talks specifically about weddings, Gons. Um, yeah. But can throw it back in there. I can pull it up real quick. Yeah, throw it in there. Let me read it, actually. If you want to pop it in there, I'll open it up. But there you go. So they're, what they're looking for is avoidance behavior. And what they're saying is when things create avoidance behavior, like a protest, that's good. More of that. Do things that, uh, you know, create avoidance behavior. Don't do things that... <laughs> That are, you know, uh, health, uh, good, healthy social connection, even with people wearing masks and things like that. Um, let's see. Highlight it. Where do you throw that uh, wedding? It's one in the into? second. It's it's supposed to be after the first break. Ah, but OK, it's, it's I got there. it. It's, it's a dailymail.co.uk. So there you go. That's what they're promoting. They want avoidance behavior and violent riot, rioting and looting creates avoidance behavior. So that's good. Keep on doing it. Um, but weddings, on the other hand, don't create avoidance behavior. So those bad. And that brings me to uh, dailymail.co.uk, an article post uh, 
an article called post lockdown wedding rules are unveiled father can't walk his daughter arm in arm down the aisle couples must wash hands after exchanging rings and receptions are banned so uh remember protests rioting and looting good but bad is weddings and here's why Fathers cannot walk their daughter arm in arm down the aisle and couples must wash their hands before and after exchanging rings in post-lockdown weddings. New rules issued by the government today also ban receptions when the ceremonies are allowed to restart with up to 30 people in England from Saturday. So this is specifically in England, but the plans are intended to maintain social distancing at weddings as the coronavirus pandemic continues, but will reduce the big day to little more than a formality. Uh, It comes after Prime Minister Boris Johnson last week gave permission for weddings to recommence as part of a widespread easing of lockdown restrictions. More than 250,000 weddings usually take place in the UK each year, but most couples have been affected by restrictions that came into force in March. Here are some oh what the heck here are some of the new rules which will take effect uh, for very different weddings. Gons, I, I know like six couples who had to cancel their weddings due to all this. Do you know anybody who had to do the same thing? Uh, no, but I know someone that that eked by, barely made it. Oh, lucky you them. know right right before right before everything locked down. It oh was my god! Probably the last weekend of freedom. <laughs> oh. Good Prior planning. To, good planning uh, on their part. Yeah, they, they must have known it was coming. They, uh, yeah, they, they saw the signs. They listened to the show. <laughs> the article continues. The new rules urge people from different households to maintain social distancing between one another, which will be one meter plus from Saturday. They, which is what three feet. It's interesting how uh, the coronavirus doesn't travel as far in I think it's a England. little more than yeah. three feet. They said America's number one. Our coronavirus travels the furthest. Uh, They say this may require (laughs) marriages or civil partnerships to be adapted to remove practices that would otherwise have brought people into contact with one another unless required for the marriage or civil partnership to be legally binding. The guidance adds that where this is a case, uh, precautions should be put in place to minimize contact and ensure the time frame is as short as possible. This means that fathers will be unable to walk their daughter arm in arm down the aisle and people from different households will be banned from hugging or kissing. Banned. Banned. (laughs) Couples have been told that ceremonies should only be done in a COVID-19 secure environment and be kept as short as reasonably possible well i don't think there will be too many complaints about keeping the weddings short (laughs) this means they should be limited to the parts of the ceremonies that uh are required so that the marriage or civil partnership can be legally binding um blah 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 receptions are canceled during the service no singing or shouting aloud okay (laughs) Meanwhile, people have been told to avoid singing, shouting, raising voices, or playing music at a volume that makes normal conversation difficult. This is because of the potential for encouraging shouting, which would raise an increased risk of transmission of COVID-19 from aerosol droplets. Okay, so no shouting, no singing at weddings. Uh, At protests, it's fine. Shout and scream all you want into the faces of... uh, you know, police officers and your your fellow protesters, but at weddings, no singing aloud. Uh, moving on, rituals, no full immersion or washing others' body parts. Huh. 
any washing rituals should now be but you done. You got to wash your hands. <laughs> oh, that's where they get you. What? What? Uh, that makes no sense. <laughs> wash your hands, couples, but also no washing other no body parts. Washing. Oh, uh, any washing rituals should be done before arrival at the venue, and the people should not wash the body parts of others, according to the to the rules. I don't know what that could possibly be, be except for like a foot washing ceremony. Yeah, foot washing. But the uh, yeah, last I checked, you can't get COVID by touching someone's feet. But I don't know. I'm no scientist, well, that, you know. You don't know the the latest uh, <laughs> modified or uh, you know mutation. The, the mutation, yes. It's Spread the toenails specifically through toenails. That's why I got the, I got him all cleaned this weekend. You know. <laughs> oh man, full Just immersion should also now be avoided, and others and all others present should stand distant from any splashes and stay socially distanced. Full immersion. So like a baptism at a wedding? Yeah, it's, it mentions Christians in particular here. Oh, of course. Uh, when you go down a little bit. It so also yeah, says keep, Jewish. Keep yeah, there. full immersion can can sometimes take place before Jewish wedding ceremonies when a woman goes into a mikvah pool before the ceremony to achieve purity. Christians can also be baptized through full immersion, but this would be unlikely to take place at a wedding itself. Okay, thanks for the tidbit. Washing <laughs> of feet, there it is, can happen at Christian ceremonies to represent Jesus. Jesus Christ washing the feet of his disciples as a symbol of humility humility uh so yeah no washing each other no full immersion <laughs> you uh, know I, I, let me just mention something because uh, this is um a cultural thing that that many many of our audience may not know have you been to any Korean weddings Basil I have not okay so one of the things that they do at the Korean wedding is uh people pay money to whack the the feet uh, the bottom of the feet of the the groom. What? So, uh, yeah, <laughs> so they they get like bamboo sticks or whatever it is, and people bid money, and they they you know they bring it up, and they and then they whack the bottom of the feet, and you know th- this is a few drinks in, so people are <laughs> people are a little bit more more uh, you know bound to do that. So it doesn't say anything about that, but this is England, so I'm not surprised. But uh, I wonder if that kind of behavior will also be banned. <laughs> It seems kind of sadistic, but yeah, no whacking of feet. Um, Let's see. Dress fitting, dresses in quarantine, and face masks. Bridal shops reopen June 14th. Putting in measures such as plastic champagne flutes, dresses put in quarantine, dresses put in quarantine, and face masks for fittings. Since reopening the Bristol branch of third-generation family business, Allison Jane Bridalwear uh, has introduced a range of measures. Okay, so kind of the usual <laughs> stuff there. <laughs> Read, read this one here at the bottom. Champagne is poured into glittery plastic disposable glasses with a poster displaying coronavirus guidelines on view as people enter the shop. <laughs> what is going on? This is, I mean, I, I yeah. know what this, this is. This is, uh, this is a eugenics agenda. We should invite fewer people to be born. <laughs> and hopefully they're thinking, hey, if they can slow down the, the whole wedding ceremony process, maybe we get fewer babies. Ah, there you go. You figured it out. So yeah. anyways, the insanity continues and the blatant double speak manipulation is just it's becoming unbearable. I mean, it was always yeah. surprising. Uh, but with the whole study um, talking about, you know, how a bunch of young people getting together and shouting in each other's faces does not spread COVID. Uh, but those evil outdoor weddings, they don't promote <laughs> antisocial behavior. So they must be avoided. Uh, it's just completely wacko. 
Um, yeah. Okay, but anyways, what else you got? I'm going to mark we these ones a, off. So we, we got don't. a few more COVID stories here. COVID. I just want to do this one, you know, very fairly quickly because it's not much of a story. Um, let me find it here. I think uh, there we go. This is Forbes.com. The Dr. Fauci of the 1918 Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. And you look at the picture and uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe it's just the angle of the image, but there's some resemblance there. I don't know. There's if, a uh, lot of resemblance there. It's, it's pretty creepy. I got to admit it's, <laughs> it's fairly creepy. And the wow. article itself. Yeah. The article itself talks about how, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of common things with the, the old doctor there. I think his name was, I'm trying to find it here. Um, Dr. Thomas Dyer Tuttle, uh, who became a powerful, if polarizing figure in the fight against the Spanish flu, not unlike Dr. Anthony Fauci is perceived today in the battle against COVID-19, apart from the passing physical resemblance. So they even mention it in the article. The both Dr. Tuttle physical resemblance. Yeah, <laughs> both the Dr. Tuttle and Dr. Fauci fought global pandemics late in their long public health careers and the perilous balance of science and sociology that entails both men attended Ivy League medical schools, both were commissioned officers in the U.S. Public Health Service, and both had experience fighting previous epidemics. Fauci came, uh, first came to prominence in the 1980s as the leading HIV-AIDS researcher for Ronald Reagan, da-da-da-da-da. Um, and they both had, uh, I think they both asked for, uh, you know, like masks and social distancing. And so, I don't know, man, history doesn't tend to necessarily repeat, but it certainly does rhyme, especially since there's nothing new under the sun. But uh, <laughs> I wanted to mention it because if anybody's looking on screen and if you're not, if you're just listening, go to uh, canarycrydnewstalk.com and uh, click on the link that shows the Forbes article there and look at the picture because yeah. um, I wouldn't Very be surprised with all those weird, similar, either a, yeah. maybe a time traveler or a clone. Who knows? I, I would go more clone, you, you think know, so? just because... Because, uh, you know, they show in movies how the clones are dumber, you know? So, uh, <laughs> oh, burn. <they> <laughs> just, burn. Uh, Don't talk about my daddy Fauci out. like that. Oh, daddy Fauci. Yeah, maybe uh, he's oh, uh, son Fauci. Going back to the topic of weddings real quick. OBL Music on uh, the YouTube chat says, what if you have a protest-themed wedding? Would that be okay? <laughs> I think you've done it. I think you've, you've cracked the code. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well. All right. Uh, well, yeah. we got a quick clip here. I thought that we had played this already, but um, let's get an no. update from Pelosi. Well, what do you say? One of the things that we were pointing out for, you know, ever since uh, the whole Rona's thing started was the ridiculousness of masks in general. Right. Um, and how the CDC had been saying like, hey, if you don't have the virus, you don't need to wear a mask. We showed the the link to uh, or we showed the, the website prior to around April showing the cdc they changed it now it's like oh you got to wear a mask and social distancing Mm -hmm. um but i thought this was pretty funny the apologetic from pelosi as to why the cdc hasn't issued mandate uh for uh you know wearing a mask is it time to mandate the wearing of masks across the country Oh, I definitely long overdue for that. And my understanding that the Centers for Disease Control has recommended the use of masks, but not de- demand uh, required it because they don't want to offend the president. Yeah, they don't want to offend the president, Basil. 
<laughs> That's why. They're the the only government organization <laughs> that doesn't uh, just love offending the president. That What a crazy thing to say. I, it's just madness. Who doesn't love offending the president? Um, although Trump has taken some uh, some uh, steps towards, uh, you know. A new age. We will launch a new age. <laughs> towards at least threatening funding of the CDC. But we'll see. That'll never yeah. go through. Yeah. Um, okay. A little bit more here. We're going to talk about numbers um, uh, for the COVIDs. Okay, this is uh, K Fox TV, KFOX 14. Uh, article is titled El Paso Coronavirus Testing Numbers Counting People Twice, According to El Paso Leaders. Now, remember, the testing thing is a big issue. Uh, we had that leader in Africa who sent uh, fruit, uh, well, it wasn't papaya, but it was something like papaya, and goat. Uh, you know, remains to be tested for coronavirus and both the fruit and the goat tested for coronavirus. So apparently fruit can get it. Oh gosh, show burps. But here we go. What's going on in El Paso, Texas? El Paso leaders are concerned that the county is testing fewer people for COVID-19 than the number being reported in its daily updates. The new concern comes days after a report from KFOX 14 found that a, high, uh, that a record high spike in COVID-19 cases last week was actually weeks old information. Quote, I still believe that we are in an upward climb, said El Paso County Judge Ricardo Semeniego. Uh, a lot of fatalities last week. On Thursday and Friday of last week, El Paso reported record numbers of new COVID-19 cases, and the city said a cluster at an unnamed correctional facility was to blame. During Monday's El Paso County Commissioner's Court meeting, El Paso County Judge Ricardo Samaniego uh, named the facility. A lot of them came from Rogelio Sanchez Jail. Over 250 some cases were reported, said Judge Samaniego. That skewed our numbers in the community quite a bit. But on Friday, the Texas Department of Criminal Justice told KFOX 14 there hadn't been a new case at the jail for more than two weeks. KFOX 14 asked the city again Monday whether it would confirm that Rogelio Sanchez was the facility in the reports. The Department of Public Health still said no. Quote, the name of the facility might not be as relevant as telling you, look, we have a specific outbreak in this particular type of facility, said Dr. He Hector Ocaranza, El Paso Public Health Authority. So it doesn't matter what the actual details are. Just believe us. We're just just stop asking questions, slave. KFOX 14 set out to find how the city could have reported hundreds of weeks old cases as a new spike. The TDCJ said it didn't report cases from the jail in El Paso, uh, but to the state. We asked the city whether it knew that the information about cases at Ragalio Sanchez was delayed. In a statement, the city of El Paso said, quote, when the Department of Public Health received the information from Texas Health and Human Services, it was shared with the public. On Monday, county leaders 
Peters brought up a new issue with El Paso's coronavirus reports. Quote, it seems there may still be some confusion on the number of people that are tested, said Commissioner David Stout, El Paso County Commissioner for Precinct 2. County commissioners asked if people being tested multiple times were boosting the overall number of tests done in El Paso. Commissioner Stout asked, you're not counting somebody twice, are you? Quote, well, we do. (laughs) If they are tested more than once, said Jorge Rodriguez, uh, deputy chief of the Office of Emergency Management. But that number is very, very small. County leaders said by tracking. That makes it okay. Yeah, I know. County leaders said that by tracking the total number of tests given instead of the people themselves, there was no way to know how many El Pasoans were really being tested. Quote, even if it's a small number, it's still misleading, especially when our goal is to have a certain percentage of the population tested, said Commissioner Stout. Uh, The Office of Emergency Management said it was working on separating the number of people tested from the total number of tests done to make COVID-19 reports more clear. So they're like, basically, they asked, hey, these numbers are off. Are you counting people twice? Yes, we are. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, isn't that a problem? Eh, it's only a little bit of a problem, but stop asking questions. Go home. Uh, also, this article from June 8th, 2020, so almost a month old. So I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if they cleaned it up. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's interesting is uh, the picture they have here is of a, a masked doctor looking guy handing a, another mask to uh, someone in the driver. And there's a little note at the top says, that says uh, patient simulation. So even the photos here are staged. <laughs> it's apparently, it's a fake photo. The fake picture. <laughs> Patient simulation. Oh, oh my oh gosh! Boy. We it seems like there are a lot of patient simulations going around yeah, right a lot now. Going on, you know, and I've been hearing a lot about people. Uh, there was one someone on Twitter saying that, you know, me and my mom were in line to get tested. Mm-hmm. And the line was so long, we just went home. We're like, ah, forget this. This is too long of a wait. We're just going to go home. And then they got a note saying, you have tested positive for COVID-19. What? So, yeah, there's a lot of weird nonsense going on. That's and obviously hilarious. That's not a surprise, but yeah. And of course, anybody who's gotten tested and you've gotten the paperwork back, it says right there on the paperwork, uh, what does it mean you've tested positive? Well, you uh, have the antibodies for COVID-19 or the antibodies <laughs> for any other coronavirus, such as the common cold. So that, and, and you might die. Yes, you might die. So there's a, a another Twitter handle named Gummy Bear, and uh, I'll just show this because I thought it was an interesting thing to share as a as part of some data. And um, basically, this Twitter handle showed uh, a couple different U.S. A and U.S. B, basically being the uh, two segments of the United States. USA being uh, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Michigan, Connecticut, uh, basically the people that were hit hard early on with the virus, as opposed to USB, the rest of the country, which wasn't hit very badly early on, but with increasing cases. And you can see the uh, when you compare one with the other, uh, USA and USB, uh, it says here that uh, USA, despite representing only 29% of the US population, 
Uh, it represents 70% of all deaths. Good news is that COVID almost burned out here. And you can see the, the huge spike up, uh, you know, especially when they were talking about, oh, we got to flatten the curve. And so, yeah, you see the curve go down, down, down. But USB, the curve is already flat. And uh, they asked the question, how much more do you want to flatten it? Because it didn't spike like it did in those uh, states, but it, it, it literally stays very flat. But the death count has surpassed those of the states that had the huge spike early on, according to his data anyway. So, I mean, you know, when they say rising numbers, mm-hmm. it's kind of misleading. That, that whole thing is misleading, too. Yeah. So, you know, just, just to show that if, you, if, you're, if you're willing to dig at the statistics, if you're willing to read the articles with, uh, with a brain, then uh, you begin to realize very quickly that all of this is just, you know, that's the wildest thing apart about all of this. I mean, we don't have any special insider information. All we do is read the mainstream reports and it's within mainstream reports. All you got to do is read more than one of them from more than one source. And the contradictions are blatant. I mean, we're not even, this isn't even conspiracy theory. We're just reading the mainstream reports and they're filled with contradiction, contradictions, uh, non-scientific, uh, and analysis and politics. That's, that's all yeah. it is. We're, we're not even yeah. doing anything special here. Um, yeah. but I do want to say real quick, uh, big Spacey Abrams in the Twitch chat. Uh, I just thought this was an important question to, uh, to, uh, <laughs> uh, get into right now, which is, do you guys have a PayPal? And yes, we do big Spacey Abrams. Uh, you can go to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash that's right. And there you'll have all sorts of options. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Yep. Um, okay. I do want to do uh, this. I do want to do. You do want to do. Great English. Uh, this story here. Perfect. This is NPR.org. I'm really hoping for another good, good laugh. Uh, the last NPR story we had was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, government thinking about sending dead people money or, or contacting <laughs> dead people to try to figure out how to get that money back. Oh, my I mean, gosh. I, l- I can't stop talking about that article. It's I know. <laughs> it's a great one. Uh, UN Security Council demands ceasefire in conflict areas due to COVID-19. So now we're, we're de-escalating national tensions. Ooh. Yeah, the United Nations Security Council unanimously passed a resolution Wednesday that demands an immediate cessation of hostilities in conflict zones around the world due to the impact of the COVID-19 epidemic. Uh, It is the first resolution related to the coronavirus that the council has passed. The text calls for, quote, all parties to armed conflicts to engage immediately in a durable humanitarian pause for at least 90 consecutive days to allow for delivery of humanitarian assistance and medical evacuations. The resolution, which was introduced by France and Tunisia, does not apply to military operations against ISIS and Al-Qaeda. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, so there you go. It will pertain to... If the UN had power to do this, if they can just say, hey, everybody, stop (laughs) fighting. I know. Why didn't they do it before? Why did they need COVID to, uh, to tell everybody to stop fighting? Because it wouldn't, it wouldn't practice. They wouldn't be able to flex their, 
their worldly muscles, that their, their so NWO muscles. Crazy. I am I. Uh, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Is it me, or if they're able to just tell people to stop fighting, why have they waited this long? Well, yeah, it will pertain to conflicts including those in Syria, Yemen, Libya, South Sudan, and Congo. The Associated Press reports. The Security Council has struggled for months to pass a resolution related to COVID-19 due largely to tussling between United States and China over a reference to the World Health Organization, which is an agency of the UN. In April, President Trump suspended U.S. funding of the World Health Organization, and he announced in May that the U.S. would withdraw its membership. The State Department pushed for any references to the organization to be removed from the ceasefire resolution. The U.S. wanted the resolution instead of uh, instead to speak of transparency. China, meanwhile, wanted to specifically mention the WHO. Uh, the resolution that passed Wednesday is apparently a compromise. It makes no reference to either the WHO or transparency. Oh, great. <laughs> In an interview last month with NPR, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres lamented the Security Council's gridlock in a time of global crisis, quote, we see that the very dysfunctional relationship that exists between the United States, China, United States, Russia, oh, it's just the United States in general, <laughs> makes it practically impossible for the Security Council to take any meaningful decision that would be fundamental to fight COVID-19 effectively, Guterres said. Unlike resolutions of the UN General Assembly, resolutions of the Security Council are largely binding. Legally, legally binding. binding. Legally binding. Uh, quote, the point is that we have multilateralism, but the multilateralism we have has no teeth, Guterres said. We need mechanisms of cooperation with mechanisms of governance that simply do not exist. And even where we have in the uh, in and even where we have in the multilateral system some teeth, as is the case of the Security Council, it has shown very little appetite to bite. <laughs> what are you so, uh, saying, Guterres? <laughs> It's something about food. If it's I just stand monster. here and talk for long enough, uh, <laughs> my job will be done and I can go get some lunch. Holy smokes. I'm hungry. So, you know, food references. Which is <laughs> so wild. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, there's, there's two things happening here. One is these, uh, a lot of these world organizations like the UN have exposed themselves as completely useless right. uh, on one hand to people that are paying attention. I mean, people knew this already. People in our circles, you know, people looking at the new world order and that kind of thing. We've known that they've been a corrupt organization and, and you know, destroying Africa, stuff like that uh, in cahoots with the Bill and Gates, uh, Bill, Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but on the other hand, they're, they're trying to flex their muscles more now because of the fact that they're being exposed. So they're like, well, let's, let's, uh, let's get the security council together and, uh, you know, have this much more legally binding thing to stop the tensions, uh, and, and, you know, trying to flex their muscles. But, uh, again, they have teeth, but they don't bite. Apparently. What are they going to do if these, uh, these countries in conflict don't just suddenly stop being in conflict? I mean, they're the, all, <laughs> the only they're going to look at the UN. <laughs> the only option is to, to either ignore them or turn against the UN. They they come together. Yeah, these well, opposing that's the nations. Thing. If and they, if these <clears throat> people in conflict don't just suddenly stop fighting because the UN said so, finally, then the the only teeth that the UN has is you know they could develop some sort of you know 
I don't know, sanctioning program against these countries or these uh, groups, which they probably already have or do, or send in peacekeeping forces. So, hey, stop shooting at each other or else we'll come shoot at you because COVID. <laughs> or, or they'll just deploy uh, the drones. And, you know, what if they start deploying drones and sprinkle COVID on them? You know, we'll oh, no. get you all infected. Oh, no. We'll sprinkle more COVID on you. Well, I got some good news here, Gons, from my people. My people. COVID. It's the only good news we're going to have today, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) CTVnews.ca. The article is titled, Norway Ends Virus Tracing App Deletes Data Over Privacy Concerns. So this is a little bit of, do you ever feel like you're being watched too? I don't know if you have that one lined up. Um, Did you ever have the feeling that you were being watched? There we go. Norway ends virus tracing app deletes data over privacy concerns. I Yay, I Norway. love Scandinavia, man. They uh, you know they're they're trying their best with their uh, social democracy, but uh, they're pretty good at protecting the privacy of their people. And they uh, didn't do a lockdown. They're they're going for that herd immunity, letting people live their lives. Anyways, Norway has suspended use of its smartphone app meant to track and trace coronavirus contagions after a public spat between health authorities and the information watchdog. Geir Bukholm, an official at the Norwegian Institute of Public Health, said the decision Monday to delete data and halt any further information gathering from the app, quote, weakened the country's preparedness, should uh, should the infection rate increase, the app was being tested in three munici- municipalities. But the Norwegian Data Protection Agency said, amongst other things, that the low infection rate meant data gathering on the app could no longer be justified against privacy concerns. Uh, hmm. Norway currently has between 50 and 100 confirmed cases of the COVID-19 virus, according to the NIPH. Uh, there are between 20 and 50 new cases each week. Fearing a second wave or localized spread of the infection, the health directorate will argue in a meeting with the data watchdog on Friday that the technology should be turned back on. European governments have been rolling out smartphone tracing apps to help beat back any fresh coronavirus outbreaks. Norway was one of the first out of the blocks, but it's Smitsestup, Smitsestup, uh, raised concerns because it used GPS tracking and uploaded data to central servers every hour. The app was suspended ahead of an Amnesty International report analyzing contact tracing apps from Europe, the Middle East, and North Africa, which found that the Norwegian app was one of the most alarming for privacy because of its live or near, sorry, live or near live tracking of users' locations. The rights group said it shared its findings with authorities earlier this month and urged them to change course. Quote, this episode should act as a warning to all governments rushing ahead with apps that are invasive and designed in a way that puts human rights at risk, said Claudio Guarnieri, head of Amnesty's security lab. Other countries such as Germany, Italy, Switzerland, and Latvia are adopting a decentralized approach using Google Apple software interface that experts say is better for 
for privacy because it keeps data about contacts on iPhones and Androids uh, devices. So there you go. You know, I like this because, you know, as it said in the thing, the app was uh, especially invasive to privacy. But unlike what we see in the U.S. and the U and the uh, the EU, when a watchdog group says something is bad, they actually responded and stopped and took it down, uh, which I got to give them credit for. Shoot, hallelujah. That's right. Um, <laughs> so there you go. There's a little bit of good news, Gons. Any, any last words on that one? I was just looking up to see if Iceland is part of the Scandinavian countries. Technically, I guess it's not. No, Scandinavia um, is Norway, Sweden, and I believe Denmark. Right. Uh, I only say that because I watched the... Um, the Eurovision movie with Will Ferrell recently. <laughs> Doing my homework. I haven't seen it. Um, but okay, Gons, what do you say we take just a real quick break? Okay. It's break time. Come on, take a break. You know, I never really noticed in that jingle. Uh, there's just a man screaming for like five seconds straight it is it is it's there's break like time I, I, I think and you know I, and i think there's like a either a, a bottle a beer bottle being opened or or something you want to hear it again there's yeah, like some kind of like let's really dissect this oh it's something breaking I get it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, All right. Very there good. you go. I forgot who made this, uh, that jingle for us, but very, very intricate work. Whoever did it. Let me see if I have it in my notes. I, I don't. Okay. Sorry. All right, everybody. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break here. Just very fast. So don't go anywhere. After the break, we are got a couple more, well, a little bit more COVID stuff, but you're going to want to, uh strap in because you know we a lot of stuff happened since our last show so we've got a lot of catching up to do um but don't go anywhere we're going to be talking a little bit more about tracing uh shutting down some beaches um (laughs) some masks and jellyfish what stick around for that one as well as uh some money news uh connected with covid there which will be very interesting so stick around but we want to take the uh a real quick break to thank our new followers over on Twitch. As you know, following us on Twitch is the easiest way to support the show because we uh, are putting together some fun new tools and ways to support ourselves over on Twitch because YouTube has uh, has turned has denied us thrice now with the demonetization of Gonza's YouTube channel, interruption of streams, etc., etc. And uh, so for those of you who want I I recommend just as a backup to YouTube, uh, you follow us at twitch.tv slash canarycryradio and turn on notifications. Gons will drop the link in the chat for anybody to do that right now. And we want to uh, thank some of our users. We like to thank our users and read their names on the air because for those who know, uh, following us on Twitch, you know, you can't just use your Google account or your Facebook account. You got to make a new account and it's an awesome opportunity to reinvent yourself with a new username, uh, especially one directly related to the show, which we have a couple of those. So, Gons, are you ready with your dinger? Dingers, dingers prepared. Okay, good. Ready and you ding. know, 
if for those who are, uh, you know, sad, we're about to give some some shout outs. Uh, consider it as as part of the content. There's good names in here. And these are uh, people just like you who listen to the show. So this is this is content. This is not uh, just for nothing. So let's go through here. Gons first. Let's uh, start with Night Chase. Thank you very much. Night okay. Chase. Then Timmy <clears throat> 39. Then we got uh, love y'all on here. Here we go, some friendship. <laughs> we got Watchman D. Right. Gons, this is this next one's a big get for us. I'm very excited about it. We have the Alex Jones. Oh, that's hey. right, the Alex Jones actually the follows Alex Jones. us now. Uh, so there you go. That that's some clout uh, in some groups. We got <laughs> <Is it>? Cat Lady <laughs> Natasha. Ooh, Cat Lady. Cat Lady, Vony Bear, Ebony Ava, All right. Teddy DeChamp. DeChamp. This might be the best one today, Gons, but we've got Daddy Basil Gonzatron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we got String Union, HJ Hurst 93, Alfred Jr. 1. Darnell Seaton. Darnell. Yeah. Gacy 60. And I think that is all of them for today. Oh, no. Jay Ward. Rainbow 817. Sadie 8177. What was that last one? Sadie 8177. Ah. And Infinite Flowers. Thank you guys so much for following us over on Twitch. Uh, it's a if if you're not you know a huge Twitch fan, at least follow for emergencies because uh, you never know when we're just gonna stop showing up on YouTube. Um, and uh, oftentimes. Uh, we get reports that the feed, that the actual stream over on Twitch is a little bit better than YouTube too. So something to keep in mind. Um, and thank you to all of our new Twitch followers. Uh, you are the best. I want to give a shout out to the D livers too. Yeah. Uh, I know there's a handful in there. I yes. saw some comments early on. So thanks thank for, being for being here. D live. Give you guys a collective ding to the D livers as a backup to the backup of Twitch backup to the backup and then we'll need a backup to the backup of the backup eventually and uh, yeah (laughs) um (laughs) but there was some Twitch news guns did you hear about this I did hear a little bit something about uh them canceling or dropping the Trump channel or something I didn't know Trump had a channel I didn't either apparently I didn't know he was playing some COD or something you know (laughs) he's a huge gamer (laughs) that would have been I would watch that Trump playing some COD. I would love to watch Trump. That would be play spectacular. Uh, yeah, play some Call of Duty or something. That would be fun. Yeah, well, um, too bad. We're pretty far down on the list today. We are number nine on the talk shows and podcast uh, rankings right now on Twitch. Um, and climbing that list is a great way to help other people discover the show. So if you want to help us climb the rankings over on Twitch, would be very helpful. Uh, again, go to twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. Let's see if we can get a handful more people uh, watching over there. We're currently sitting right at about 100 um, which is 
oh man, only 20, less than 20% or so of our total viewers. Um, so if we could get a few more people, handful of people, head over to twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. Just try it out. Follow us. Uh, see if you like the stream more. One thing that I note the Twitch viewers love is uh, the emojis are better. There's a crazy huge uh, stockpile of very unique emojis um, over on Twitch. And one of the things, if we hit our goals, Guns, one of the things we can do is we can make emojis of ourselves. Um, so oh, you can start, yeah, you can great. start commenting with wow. Basil and Gon's emojis. Oh, that's exciting. That would be fun. I would, I would really mm. like to do that, but we need, uh, we need more people to watch on Twitch. So if you want to help us out, please do that. Um, twitch.tv slash canary cry radio. Sorry. I don't know why I'm putting on chapstick while I'm talking. <laughs> um, but okay, let's, let's wake up and get back to the show guns. Yes. It's wake up time. Hey, y'all wake up. Yes. This was uh, sent in by the Syrian Soper, and uh, I think in the document I I put the wrong link there, Basil. But let mm-hmm. me uh, let me put it in there so you can pull it up too. Okay, so we know where we are here. Uh, this is techexplore.com. Yeah, thank Using you, Syrian phones- Soper. He's a he's a listener and uh, producer of the show, I believe. Yes. Uh, using your phone's microphone to track possible COVID-19 exposure. So we just talked about how Norway dropped all their tracing. Um, but now here we're talking about the microphones on your phones tracking yeah. possible COVID-19 exposure. Signals sent and received from cell phone microphones and speakers could help warn people when they have been near someone who has co- contracted COVID-19, researchers say. In a new paper, researchers described a system that would generate random anonymous IDs for each phone, automatically send ultrasonic signals between microphones and speakers of phones within a certain radius, and use the information exchanged through this acoustic channel for contact tracing. Hmm. If a person tested positive for COVID-19, he or she would update his or her anonymous IDs and the timestamp when the IDs were generated in the past two weeks to a central database Managed by a trusted healthcare authority. Well, that's, that sounds trusting. Oh. Central database with, with a, a trusted <laughs> healthcare authority. That's <laughs> real, builds a lot of confidence. Yeah, totally. Each individual in the system will pull the positive patient's ID, uh, IDs, plural, and compare locally to check whether he or she has had any contact with the patient. Quote, we want to generate some kind of sound that cannot be heard by humans but that phones can hear, said Dong Juan, the leading faculty member of this research and a professor of computer science and engineering at The Ohio State University. Quote, the phone will periodically generate some kind of sound token and send that token to nearby phones. And the key advantage over other technologies is that the ultrasound could have limited range and will not penetrate obstacles such as walls. Yeah. This was something we haven't paid a whole lot of attention to. We did report on it when the info started coming out, not connected to COVID-19, but a couple years ago, you know, we talk about near field Bluetooth, which is uh, a Bluetooth uh, mechanism you do not have control of in your phone. Um, But it, it, you know, it's used in retail 
um, to when you're walking down an aisle, you can near field ping your phone. Uh, right. So companies and retail, you know, establishments know exactly where you're standing in their store and they can see if you stood there and looked at a certain printer cartridge for a certain amount of time. And if you did not buy it, then they can then, uh, you know, go after it, target you for advertising to try to, uh, you know, sell you stuff. Um, so that's the near filled Bluetooth. But what we haven't talked much about lately is this thing. Exactly. I don't know if you want to just talk about it now or continue with the article. Um, we'll just keep going and then we can yeah. see if it addresses any of that stuff. But the tech companies have already proposed using the phone's Bluetooth capability, which allows cell phones to talk to other nearby devices, such as phones, smartwatches, and speakers to build such a network. Hmm. But Bluetooth said Zikwang Lin uh, co-author of the paper and an associate professor of computer sciences uh, or computer science and engineering could lead to a high number of false positive close contacts. Quote, right. Bluetooth has a problem of traveling too far. Lynn said Bluetooth signals can travel through walls and reach further than we would want. And with COVID, we want to find just those people with whom you have been in direct close contact within that six foot radius, for example. Contact tracing, identifying people who might have been exposed to a person who has tested positive for the virus, has been a key part of the public health strategy to stop the spread of illnesses for decades. Uh, in the case of COVID-19, though, contact tracing, has, contact tracing has been difficult. People might remember who they met for dinner before symptoms appeared, but they likely would not know how to contact the strangers who were near them in the grocery store. Quote, it's hard for people to remember who they had contact with and augmenting manual contact tracing with automated techniques could greatly increase its reliability, said Neff Schroff, Ohio eminent scholar in networking and communications who is leading an effort to develop an automated system for contact tracing and symptom reporting for the return of full operations at Ohio State. Cell phone tracing could solve that problem, Schroff said, as long as it is accurate and provides a satisfactory level of privacy and as long as people use it. Wow, those are all the <laughs> all the things you'd need for uh, any kind of tracing. Right. In Singapore, for example, authorities rolled out a contact tracing smartphone app in early March. Authorities estimated that about 60% of people needed to use the app for it to be effective. Only about one in six people in Singapore downloaded the app. The Singapore app, too, uh, picked up contact between people who were in the same vicinity but separated by walls or windows. Shroff said the acoustic sensors might offer more control in the effort to trace the virus. Quote, in addition to exploring Bluetooth, we want to leverage other sensors in the phone to do contact tracing, Juan said. The key advantage of this work is that it lets a phone search for uh, complementary sensors and uses the sensors to detect proximity. That is something that can complement the Bluetooth technology. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so there you go. I mean, it kind of goes into. Yeah. So, some of you that, know, but. they don't actually do a great job of exactly explaining it. Um, so just to, to recap the technology we've covered before, um, this is an acoustic tracing uh, system. So what it does is if you have a phone that's uh, activated with this this sort of acoustic thing, what it will do is your phone will send out um, a sound that is either above or below, you know, the human's ability to hear. 
and it will uh, send out this signal, a, a very high-pitched sound, and the other phones in the same room will detect this sound using their array of microphones, and so you can tell who is in the same room as the phone that emits the sound. And uh, so this uh, has a lot of uses, but in the context of the COVID, you know, if you're in a room with five other people, your Bluetooth sensor could actually pick up people in other rooms, uh, you know, or people you're not even near. That's kind of hard for uh, Bluetooth to uh, detect it with a moving target or, or one moving target to another moving target. But uh, this acoustic sampling uh, has a, a allegedly a much better hit rate at figuring out who you are around, who you're in a room with, how close you are to them based on the, the volume of the high pitch uh, sound that gets picked up from other people phones um, and this again is another thing that you would not necessarily have control of remember there's lots of apps and things um, whenever you especially with iPhone I mean iPhone's pretty good at uh, letting you control access so you know even it's kind of funny even if you'd like download some random app like I, I so okay so I got a, a true mirror app, so an app uh, that reverses your image because you know how you look in the mirror. You, you only see yourself um, in the opposite uh, right. orientation in, you know, your whole life. You look at the mirror, that's not what other people see. That's a reverse of what other people see. So I said, oh, I wonder what I really look like. So I opened up this uh, true mirror app, which uh, reverses it so you can see what other people see. And it started asking, it's just an app that connects to your camera. And uh, it said, okay, uh, I, my name's Mr. iPhone. This app wants connection to your camera. I said, okay, it needs my camera. I'll give it that. And it said, it needs connection to your contacts. It needs connection to your <laughs> this, that. It needs the ability to make calls. I'm like, no, no. Um, but a lot of other phones don't give you that kind of options. So uh, especially if one wants, you know, connection to your speakers or your microphones, you really want to be careful, especially if, uh, you know, the app doesn't need your microphone for some reason. Um, where is I going with this? Oh, yeah, the, the sound signal pinging, contact right. tracing. Uh, yeah, so this is one that, uh, you know, theoretically would be much more accurate compared to a Bluetooth tracing app. Um, but at the, at the same time, it's still not cool. Don't trace me, bro. <laughs> Don't trace me, bro. And, you know, I feel bad for the dogs. They're going to oh, be like, poor what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> All these phones talking. And, uh, you know, yeah. it does make me wonder sometimes. I'll be on my phone and uh, one of my cats will just start like biting it and attacking it. And oh, yeah. at first I thought like, oh, my cat knows that I love this phone. So it, it, <laughs> it wants to destroy it. Um, but who knows? My phone could be emitting one of these signals and driving the cats crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all part of the the whole beast system there. It's all yeah. it's all coming around. Good stuff. And Good we stuff. we know about all the frequencies we can't hear or mm -hmm. see. Yeah. And so of course they're going to tap into that. that's where all the 5G is, that's where all the, you know, everything else. So. Yes, the the electromagnetic um signals there. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. you want to go to the beach, guns? Perfect. <coughs> Well, too bad. Like 
Too bad, because L.A. closure of beaches for July 4th weekend. Sheriff refuses to enforce ban. So we've been following uh, law enforcement's reaction to different bans and restrictions and orders given out by governors you know it's interesting to see you know most police um uh forces you know are happy to enforce all sorts of uh bans and things it's really the sheriffs you know the sheriff system I don't I don't really know much about the sheriff system, but it seems like the sheriffs are usually the good guys in the law enforcement groups. You know, the sheriffs are always the ones refusing to enforce bans and uh, doing all, you know, they, they care for the people. It's because they're um, they're elected is probably the big part of it. You know, right. policemen are not elected. Sheriffs are elected county to county. So I think I just answered my own question. They're part law enforcement, part politician. Um, Okay, the article reads, the county, uh, talking about LA County, the county's public health department said in a statement that beaches will be off limits to the public from July 3rd through July 6th at 5 a.m. to to prevent the transmission of quote, deadly COVID-19, <laughs> the disease caused by the CCP, Chinese Communist Party. Zero hedge. Oh, it's zero hedge. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're going to get some, uh, some, some far right zero hedge reporting here. Fireworks displays in the county will also be prohibited over July 4th holiday weekend, the department announced. Quote, during the holiday weekend, beaches will be totally closed to all recreational activities. Beach parking lots will be closed as well, the statement read. The news came as L.A. County reported more than 2,900 additional cases of the CCP virus (laughs) on Monday. (laughs) Come on, Zero hedge, just call it COVID. Uh, Marking the single largest one-day case count since the pandemic began, the department said, quote, data show increases in people testing positive for the virus and increase in hospitalizations. As a result, it said, quote, projections by the Department of Health Services show a marked increase in hospitalizations in the coming weeks, which could cause a surge in our healthcare system. Yeah, we've been hearing that for six months now. Barbara Ferrer, the county's director of public health, said in a statement that closing the beaches and prohibiting fireworks displays during such an important summer holiday was incredibly difficult decision to make. But it's Mm. the responsible decision to protect public health and protect our residents from a deadly virus, Ferrer said. The 4th of July holiday weekend typically means large crowds and gatherings to celebrate a recipe for increased transmission of COVID-19. Yeah, I mean, but protesting's fine. Uh, in other parts of California state, meanwhile, Governor Gavin Newsom ordered the closures of bars in counties that have seen a surge in cases of COVID-19. A sign in place since mid-March announces the temporary closures of restaurants, nightclubs, gyms, and entertainment venues at LA Live in Los Angeles, May 7th, 2020. In a statement on Sunday, Newsom and seven counties mu- uh, said seven counties must close their bars. He also recommended that eight other counties in the most populous U.S. states a state closed their bars as he urged Californians to remain vigilant, etc., etc. Los Angeles County remains the epicenter of the outbreak in the state, making up roughly more than half of new transmissions in California. According to Fox News, Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva has said he will not be enforcing the order to shut beaches over the holiday weekend. 
saying that he had not been consulted prior to the announcement. Quote, Mm. we were not consulted on the beach closure and will only assist our beach cities in closing parking lots and traffic enforcement on PCH. That's the Pacific Coast Highway. Uh, Quote, in regards to enforcing the beach closure, we will not be enforcing it because we are care first, jail last. Huh. Interesting. There you go. Yeah. Care first, jail last. Um, so there you go, California. It's beach time. Take a beach. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Well, I'm glad he's taking a stand here because it is weird that they would not uh, inform the sheriff before they make this announcement, which goes to show a lot of this is so political. Yeah, and they want. That they would want, be concerning. And and it's no surprise here. We knew that they wanted to do something for the July Fourth weekend. You know, their whole thing is to to uh, destroy any kind of uh you know celebrations or uh uh the holidays in the US what was so the of term? course July 4th what was the term in the one of those first uh articles we read it was uh, uh mm, anti social something or I'll find it you can continue yeah i was just saying that that you know there was you knew that at all you know people listening people watching we all knew that they were going to target July 4th as a major holiday to uh to try to shut things down because, you know, celebrating the U S can't have that with the, with the Ronas. Yeah. So can go ahead and protest, but don't, uh, yeah. Protest. Don't don't celebrate anything. Or like the Marxists want, but certainly don't celebrate (laughs) the Marxists. Hey man, (laughs) I'm not the only one saying that. (laughs) No, it's true. The Marxists themselves are saying it again. This is not conspiracy theory. This is mainstream news. Mainstream, mainstream. Okay. More COVID stuff here. This is theguardian.com. More masks than jellyfish. Coronavirus Woo! waste ends up in ocean. And uh, there's a picture here of uh, a guy picking up some uh, a big pile of masks there. Uh, conservational. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's bad when I screw up the first word of the of the. Uh, of the story. Yeah. Conservationists have warned that the coronavirus pandemic could spark a surge in ocean pollution, adding to a glut of plastic waste that already threatens marine life after finding disposable masks floating like jellyfish and waterlogged latex gloves scattered across seabeds. The French nonprofit operation Mer Propre, uh, whose activities included regularly picking up litter along the Cote d'Azur, Began sounding the alarm late last month. Divers had found what Jeffrey Peltier of the organization described as COVID waste. Dozens of gloves, masks, and bottles of hand sanitizers beneath the waves of the Mediterranean, mixed in with the usual litter of disposable cups and aluminum cans. The quantities of masks and gloves uh, found were far more enormous, said Peltier, but he worried that the discovery hinted at a new kind of pollution, one set to become ubiquitous after millions around the world turned to single-use plastics to combat the coronavirus. Quote, it's the promise of pollution to come if nothing is done, says Peltier. Oh, I like the little rhyme there. Maybe he listens to Elon Musk <laughs> and uh, does his thing uh, yeah, in rhymes. That's how you get your power. Yeah. In France alone, authorities have ordered 2 billion disposable masks, said Laurent Lombard of Operation Mirapropre. Quote, knowing that soon we'll run the risk of having more masks than jellyfish in the Mediterranean, he wrote on social media alongside video of a dive showing algae entangled masks 
and soiled gloves in the sea near Antibis. Um, I mean, there's not much more to go over. It mentions the UN. Oh, oh yeah, I should probably mention this. In the years leading up to the pandemic, environmentalists had warned of the threat posed to oceans and marine life by skyrocketing plastic pollution, as much as 13 million tons of plastic into oceans each year, according to a 2018 estimate by UN Environment. The Mediterranean sees 50, uh, 570,000 tons of plastic flow into it annually, an amount the WWF has described as equal to dumping 33,800 oh, plastic bottles every minute into the sea. Oh my not 34,000. 33,834. It all has to be 33. Yes. And uh, it goes on here. And I did want to supplement this story here with uh, with an article that Forbes took down. Ah, it was supposed classic. to be part. They're always yeah. doing that. I know. It was supposed to be part of the one of the stories here that was published back on June 28th. And the, the article was titled on Forbes.com. On behalf of environmentalists, ah, I apologize yes. for the climate scare. I did read that. You read it. I okay, read it. Good. I might actually have it up still. Oh, no. the, maybe the maybe you uh, I didn't refresh. No, I think I closed it. Shoot, I should have kept it up. Okay. Well, anyway, it's gone. <laughs> the page is no longer active. But maybe you can summarize what what they were saying there because uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, this was. Uh, uh, put on Forbes by an author, if I remember it correctly. Um, and he starts out the article by saying, well, uh, with a, an addendum that says, I still think Forbes is great. They're really important uh, news organization. They usually, you know, try to do a good job of um, making available, you know, true information from a variety of different outlooks and sources. They took my article down, but you know, what are you going to do type of thing? And basically it's this guy, again, I don't have it up because they took it down. Um, it's Michael Schellenberger. Yes. Oh, that's right. Author. Schellenberger. He's been a really active um, eco warrior for like 30 years. And for a long time was in the, the sort of eco alarmist uh, type of thing, talking about how, you know, the world's going to end uh, soon and it's all because of us <laughs> and the numbers are yeah. wild. And of course, you know, over the years we've, again, using mainstream sources, trying to point out the contradictions in, in the alarmism. But he basically wrote a whole article talking about, I apologize for being an alarmist. You know, we were we were trying our best and we were told uh, that that's what we had to do um, because, you know, we needed to scare people to save the planet and this and that and that and this and then turns around and says, but I've really been trying to set the record straight on a lot of stuff. In fact, uh, pollution has gone down since the 70s um, and, you know, because of different technological advancements in uh, emissions filtering and stuff like that. We've actually done a really great job. The world is not ending in 12 years. Uh, you know, it's all kind of motivated by different reasons, depending on where you're coming from. Um, that was kind of the gist of it. But, you know, it was fun having it come from a known sort of famous eco warrior guy. Yeah, and and it goes hand in hand with the story we just talked about here because what happened to all that alarmism? You know, global yeah. warming and and pollution and and all this kind of stuff. But it's like, no, let's just get all the plat. We have to fight the virus. 
get all yeah. the plastic on the people as much as possible. And now we have uh, <laughs> more more plastic waste than jellyfish out there. So good, yeah. good job, environmentalists. Yeah, and you know, they big, just can't get their story straight. You know, it's either it's social social justice well, over social distancing yeah. over masks and pollution, earth environment. Ah. And that's what we do on the show. We read it all, so you don't have to. And we're able to uh, point out the blatant contradictions in the mainstream. Again, I've said it many times, but you know, it's easy for people who are new to the show or just finding the show and might think this is like a, you know, conspiracy theorist show. You know, we, we certainly <laughs> dive into uh, a lot of funky oh, yeah. stuff, but on this show, particularly, and especially lately, we don't have to get conspiracy theory. E we read straight from the, the mainstream media and uh, that's all you got to do. And uh, things become blatant. Um, and yeah, big, uh, who was it? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Big daddy Basil meow meow in the, uh, <laughs> awesome in the name. Twitch chat. Uh, yeah. It, it mentioned in that article, he admitted that it was a psyop. In fact, I think he said the word psyop, um, psychological operation. Yes. Yes. Which is basically mass mind control type of stuff or just lying or propaganda. You know, there's a lot of words for it. Right. Um, but yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, you ready to move on? Let's do this qu- a story quickly because we got to get through a nighting and then we got to get through all the China stories. Which yeah. Is, there's a so lot, there's a lot of China stories. 40 minutes. So I'll just do this real yeah. quick. Uh, yeah. There's not much to analyze. Perfect. That's right. TheGuardian.com U.S. secures world stock of key COVID-19 drug Remdesivir. Mm. Um, oh, no. I, okay. Whew, close one. Um, it almost made me, uh, you know, donate to read the, the article. Here we go. <laughs> you almost the US has Donate. <laughs> The U.S. has bought up virtually all the stocks for the next three months of one of the two drugs proven to work against COVID-19, leaving none for the U.K., Europe, or most of the rest of the world. Experts and campaigners are alarmed both by the U.S. unilateral action on remdesivir and the wider implications. For instance, in the event of a vaccine becoming available, the Trump administration has already shown that it is prepared to outbid and outmaneuver all other countries to secure medical supplies it needs for the U.S. Quote, they've got access to most of the drug supply of remdesivir, so there's nothing for Europe, said Dr. Andrew Hill, senior visiting research fellow at Liverpool University. Remdesivir, the first drug approved by licensing authorities in the U.S. to treat COVID-19, is made by Gilead and has has been shown to help people recover faster from the disease. The first 140,000 doses supplied to drug trials around the world have been used up. The Trump administration has now bought more than 500,000 doses, which is all of Gilead's production for July and 90% of August and September. Quote, President Trump has struck an amazing deal to ensure Americans have access to the first authorized therapeutic for COVID-19, said the U.S. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar. 
Quote, to the extent possible, we want to ensure that any American patient who needs remdesivir can get it. The Trump administration is doing everything in our power to learn more about the life-saving therapeutics for COVID-19 and secure access to these options for the American people. The drug, which was trialed in the Ebola epidemic but failed to work as expected, is under patent to Gilead, which means no other company in wealthy countries weird Wow, weird thing to point out, which means no other company in wealthy countries can make it. Hmm. The cost is around $3,200 per treatment of six doses, according to the U.S. statement. The deal was announced as it became clear that the pandemic in the U.S. is spiraling out of control. Anthony Fauci, the country's leading public health expert and director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, told the Senate the U.S. was sliding backwards. Quote, we are going in the wrong direction. Okay, then we hear, you know, Fauci says some mean stuff for a while there. Um, And in the, the interest of time uh that's about it uh trump is buying up all of the remdesivir leaving no cure for the rest of the world i like how it's uh it's either you know trump did nothing you know he killed 120,000 people or it's gonna be you selfish president i know you're gonna kill every other (laughs) (laughs) oh he's (laughs) He, uh, he believes in, what was it, hydrochloroquine or hydroxychloroquine, yeah. and he's not doing enough. And because of him, the whole United States is going to die. Oh, now look at this selfish man buying up all the medicine for his country. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to uh, kill the rest of the world by saving his people from COVID-19. This dude can't win. <laughs> new age basil yeah so there you go trump don't worry big daddy trump is gonna buy up all the medicine for all you <laughs> uh, americans trump. okay yeah all right so anyway i just you know thought i'd throw it in there because uh again it, it's it's another one of those stories that's interesting to keep an eye on you know yes. where, where's the money being spent by government what are they doing and um i don't know so much of it is politics uh i, I doubt that this is Nothing more than politics. Yeah. So I don't think it's trying well, to go. really you help know, people and it one doesn't way or matter. the other. No matter what he tries yeah. to do to, uh, you know, make people happy, he just can't. So, and yeah. that's okay. You know what? Some people just can't make us happy. Sorry, Trump. Good. Nice try. <laughs> Never going to make me happy, Trump. Never going to make me happy. Zionist right. friends. Um, Let's take another quick break. Gons, we got some exciting stuff. Uh, Let's thank some producers. And uh, we have a nighting today. We got to get through it quickly. Here we go. Okay. Um, First of all, I want to let everybody know we... Uh, work on the value for value model that we do not believe in gaining your trust and your attention and turning turning around and selling that trust and attention to corporations for our own personal gain. And it's, uh, as I've said before, but I'll say it again, it makes me sad when people say, oh, I'd rather you guys just advertise to me instead of uh, giving shout outs to people who support the show. Um, that is the result of a long 
uh, campaign of brainwashing to make you think uh, to, to be accepted, to accept your role as a product created uh, by shows to sell to advertisers. And you know what? As much as y'all want us to treat you <laughs> like products, we're not going to do it. Instead, we uh, we create value. We put the show out there. Uh, not counting this week, but in recent uh, months, we've been putting out nine or so hours of content a week, which is uh, pretty impressed. I'm, I'm pretty impressed with us, Gons. And we put it out there yeah. for free to uh, add value to your lives. And if you get value out of the show, any value at all, you have the opportunity to put value back in. And we used to call it donations, like a lot of shows still do, you know, ask for donations. But we stopped asking for donations. No longer is it donations uh, because this is the real world, folks. And in the real world people who pay for the creation of media like this show they're not just donors they are producers um and so we want to thank some of our new producers are you ready gons i am ready yes i have the gong ready okay for the, so over on patreon.com slash ccnt for canary cry news <clears throat> talk where you can go become a producer of the show we've got uh, three new producers on board are you ready Ready. Okay, I want to thank uh, our new producer, Anthony. Tony. Anthony. Another producer, Jonathan. Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. And another lovely, gener generous producer, Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Thank you very much. And uh, if th you guys have signed on as producers of Canary Cry News Talk, thank you so much for your support. And uh, we hope to make you proud. Now, we also have uh, a Patreon for uh, Canary Cry Radio. You can go there at patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio. Um, and who do we got over there, Gons? We have... Well, this is the same Anthony, I believe, from the first one. So, Ooh. Tony, doubling up. Double Tony. Uh, Thanks, dude. Yeah, doubling up on both Canary Cry Patreons and also Cynthia. So, Cynthia. thank you, Cynthia. Thank you, Cynthia. Um, now, not only do we have Patreon, patreon.com slash CCNT, uh, but a lot of people don't like Patreon for a lot of reasons, and that's okay. Uh, and for you people, we have canarycryradio.com slash support. CanaryCryRadio.com slash That's right. Over there, we have PayPal options as well as some cryptocurrency options. Who do we have coming in on PayPal, Gons? We have Gerilyn. Gerilyn. As a producer. Thank you very much. And also, just making the cut today, uh, Daniel. Daniel. Thank you, Thank you very much, Gerilyn and Daniel. You guys, and that's it for there you, PayPal. There you go. Thank you so much for becoming producers of Canary Cry News Talk and Canary Cry Radio. We are only able to do the work we do because of our uh, generous producers. And there's a lot of way to be a lot of ways to becoming producers. We'll talk more about that later. But first, Gons, we have a nighting to do. Yes. And for those do. who don't know, producers, uh, you know, we've been doing, we are in our ninth year of podcasting and a lot of producers have supported us for close to those nine years. And some of them um, have equaled their support 
uh, in the amount of $1,000 or more. And when uh, a producer reaches $1,000 or more of uh, support, they are invited to join us at the Canary Cry Radio Roundtable of Knights and Dames. Uh, we take the opportunity to honor their support and uh, let everybody else know how cool they are for supporting their favorite podcast. And today, Gons, we uh, will be knighting Sir Tyler. Yes, Sir Tyler. And also, uh, Sir Tyler has been a supporter of all the platforms, Face Like the Sun, uh, Canary Cry Radio, Canary Cry News Talk. And, um, and he's been doing it for a long time. So they definitely... Uh, or he definitely deserves this because this is a, this isn't something where he just, you know, had a grand to drop for the show. It's something he's done over time. So yes, uh, if any of you guys out there think that you've uh, come close to the thousand (laughs) dollar support over the years, you can uh, count him up. And message yeah, us. Count them up. We, we're not uh, going to do that because we're horrible at accounting. Uh, well, yeah. And also, PayPal doesn't let our records go back that far. Right, um, yeah. But yeah, just so everybody knows, you know, um, a lot of these uh, knights and dames have supported us over the years. And, but, you know, hey, if you just got a thousand bucks laying around and you, uh, you know, want to become a knight or dame of the round table, you can do that as well. But just to make it clear for everybody else, uh, whenever we night somebody it's not because they just you know gave us a thousand dollars outright um they are longtime listeners longtime supporters um but hey like i said if you got a thousand bucks that you want to put to a good cause you can do that too but gons today is about sir tyler yes it is are you ready i'm ready let's do this uh let me pull out my sword here there we go and i will pull out my katana katana there we go very good okay we want to call up sir tyler please step forward to the canary crowd round table where we have a seat for you thanks to your generous support in the amount of one thousand dollars or more we are proud to announce you knight of the canary cry round table you shall now be known as sir tyler guns protector of the cornfields at the canary cry round table of knights and dames where we have the belt of truthful truthiness the breastplate of righteous righteousness <laughs> righteousness <laughs> custom fit birkenstocks to carry forth the gospel of peace the shield of ferocious faith the helmet of substantiating salvation the supernatural sword of the spirit and of course adorable samurai babies infinitely cute kitties for cuddling and if you're hungry we have fancy feast wet food and of course fried wormacorns welcome to the canary cry knights and dames round table sir tyler guns protector of the cornfields let's hear it for sir tyler guns everybody thank you so much uh sir tyler and uh coming along with his knighthood uh does he have a personal note or jingles or anything he, he wants to play he does you're you're i think for the live stream some of the people couldn't hear some of the things you were saying oh no with the uh with with the stuff but yeah it's okay and also um somebody asked if some uh let's see let me pull it up real quick uh texas sweepy jg does a knight have to take the jesuit oath and the answer is no, no, no oaths necessary here for uh, to become a knight at the Canary Cry Roundtable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, we do have a note from Sir Tyler Guns, protector of the cornfield. He said, "Thanks, gentlemen. I'm honored to eat 
or whatever you do at the <laughs> round table. <laughs> I started listening in 2013 and quickly went back and listened to the episodes that I had missed. I was immediately drawn in by Gonz's original music, your friendly banter, and great guests. My podcast sub list has changed quite a bit in the since 2013, but your shows have always been at the top. I really appreciate the topics you cover and that you do it from a sound biblical worldview, and I'm so glad you keep the funnies coming. One of my favorite memories is when I posted the video of Gonzo the Tambourine Man to the Facebook group, <laughs> and the two of you ran with it. Yeah, hilarious. That was good good my times. Name is Gonzo, I'm from Japan. If you guys don't know about <laughs> Gonzo the Tambourine Man, look it up and uh, see my my alter ego up there uh, playing with tambourines. Hilarious. Yeah. My favorite current jingle is the Chaz jingle. Chaz stanks. Who gets credit for that one? I always chucked, uh, chuckled at the I'm just an algo line from the Canary Cry Conversations episodes. Let's hear that one. I'm hmm. a proud producer of the show, and I spread the word about your ministry as much as I can. Keep plugging away, and may God bless you as you continue to do his work. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you Sir very Tyler much, Guns, Sir protector Tyler. of the cornfields. And um, yes, we're going to do the Chaz jingle just for you. Get in the zone. Capitol Hill. Zone. Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for those of you who don't know what he's talking about with the I'm just an algo, uh, we do have a handful of Canary Cry conversations um, for Canary Cry Radio patrons, bonus, uh, patreon.com bonus episodes. Slash, yeah. Yes. Canary Cry Radio slash, or I'm sorry, patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio. And um, the intro, we, we threw together the intro, and this is what it sounded like. This is Canary Cry Conversations, only on Patreon. You are special because you are here. I am just an algo. So now here are the humans you pay to hear. Basil and Gons. So there you go. That's our that was our little intro for the CCC. I'm just episodes. an algo. I'm so just here an algo. Are the humans. <laughs> I so, uh, about that. Yep, that one was for Sir Tyler. Okay. Uh, guns, Thank you very much, Sir Tyler Guns, protector of the cornfields. And again, you uh, can also become a producer of Canary Cry News Talk and uh, work your way towards knighthood by heading to patreon.com slash ccnt. Or if Patreon's not your thing, you can head over to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canary Cry Radio. And if you have any more questions about knighthood and things like that, just feel free to uh, email us at canarycryradio at gmail.com. And uh, okay, I think that's it for this break. Gons, any, uh, anything else? Yes, it's wake up time. Hey, yo, wake up. Yes, it's wake up time. Yes, um, wake okay, up you want to start or me? What do you think? Uh, you can start I'll this. I'll go. Welcome to Okay, so we're going to jump into some Chinese news for this uh, last part of the show here. And Gons, uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but uh, we're all doomed. <laughs> this is uh, bbc.co.uk. Uh, when was this posted? June 30th, so uh, yesterday. And the article is titled, Flu Virus with Pandemic Potential Found in China. 
No. Oh, no. Again? What? Oh, no. It just keeps coming, Gons. Yeah. A new strain of flu that has the potential to become a pandemic has been identified by a ch- in China by scientists. It emerged recently and is carried by pigs, but can infect humans. They say the researchers are concerned that it could mutate further so that it can spread easily from person to person and trigger a global outbreak. While it is not an immediate problem, they say it has, quote, all the hallmarks of being highly adapted to infect humans and needs close monitoring. As it's new, people could have little or no immunity to the virus. The scientists, He's scared. Yeah, I know. It's as if... Be afraid. I, I'm not even... I mean, of course. Of course this is happening. Um, yeah. And actually, there was some news about this last year. Uh, there was concern about uh, a, a disease um, ripping through uh, the uh, Chinese pork population. Um, right, right, right. That was kind of all before the coronavirus stuff started happening. And yeah. uh, imagine that. It didn't magically go away just because of coronavirus. Uh, The scientists write in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Scientists uh, that measures to control the virus in pigs and the close monitoring of swine industry workers should be swiftly implemented. A bad new uh, a bad new strain of influenza is among the top disease threats that experts are watching for, even as the world attempts to bring to an end the current coronavirus pandemic. The last pandemic flu the world encountered, the swine flu outbreak of 2009, was less deadly than initially feared, largely because many older people had some immunity to it, probably because of its similarity to other flu viruses that had circulated years before. That virus, called AH1N1 PDM09, is now covered by the annual flu vaccine to make sure people are protected. The new flu strain has been identified in China is similar to 2009 swine flu, but with some new changes. So far, it hasn't posed a big threat, but Professor Kin Chao Chang and colleagues who have been studying it say it is one to keep an eye on. How worried should we be? The virus, which the researchers called G4EAH1N1, can grow and multiply in the cells that line human airways. They found evidence of recent infection in people who worked in abattoirs and the swine industry in China when they looked at data from 2011 to 2018. Current flu vaccines do not appear to protect against it, although they could be adapted to uh, do so if needed. And then, I don't know, the rest is kind of yada, yada, yada. You know, watch out. There's a big new, uh, big new flu coming. As if we could be uh shaken by such a measly enemy as the flu gons <laughs> well it's kind of funny how now that they know they can shut the world down yeah with the with the pandemic yeah uh now they're going to start really rolling out some scary sounding stuff and if they you know if they want to pull the trigger on any of this stuff they can yeah you um, know and it's crazy because of course every few years there's a new you know potential pandemic they they tried to make it sound like oh nobody saw this coming nobody cared we're all just think we're so safe there's been the swine flu, the avian flu, SARS, MERS, uh, all sorts of Ebola, different. Yeah, Ebola. You know, we literally just swerved the Ebola 
pandemic uh, not too long ago. And so as if this, sh- you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm becoming kind of uh, uh, immune to the fear of new pandemics. Yeah, it says in the very last sentence here, this is from the World Health Organization spokeswoman. Quote, it also highlights that we cannot let down our guard on influenza. We need to be vigilant and continue surveillance even during the COVID-19 pandemic. So, uh, you know, uh, everyone focusing their attention on COVID-19, but of course, up the surveillance on the pigs too, because uh, what is it called? The EA, E4, or G4, EA, H1, N1, and EA being um, one of those Sumerian gods. Oh, oh yeah, EA. Yeah, yeah. So and EA Sports, there's a whole lot of you know connection there. Yeah, you know but, what? Uh, we need to put uh, contact tracing apps on the pigs' phones. That'll fix it. <laughs> Good, good idea. <laughs> good idea. Stop this progress before it is too late. And uh, we got more Chinese. Anything else to say about this other than nope. be afraid? Be yeah. very afraid. Yeah, it's more of just, uh, hey, this is happening and we'll follow it. We'll see where it goes. It will kill. Welcome to Chinese More China fakery. And this is from asia.nikkei.com. You're probably not going to hear about it too much in the American outlets here, especially uh, with so much of it complicit with China here. Mystery of $2 billion of loans backed by fake gold in China. Fake gold. Fake gold. Time for, time for blockchain. Uh, more, more, than, more than a dozen Chinese financial institutions mainly trust companies loaned 20 billion yuan about 2.8 billion dollars over the the past 5 years to Wuhan King Gold Jewelry Inc. This <laughs> is a crazy name. <laughs> a Wuhan King Gold Jewelry Incorporated with pure gold as collateral and insurance policies to cover any losses. King Gold is the largest privately owned gold processor in central China's Hubei province. Its shares are listed on the NASDAQ stock exchange in New York. The company is led by chairman Jia Zihong, an intimidating ex-military man who is the controlling shareholder. What could go wrong? Well, plenty, as at least some of the 83 tons of gold bars used as collateral turned out to be nothing but gilded copper. Wow. Uh, that has left lenders holding the bag for the remaining 16 billion yuan of loans oh, outside no. uh, against or outstanding against the bogus bars. The loans were covered by 30 billion yuan of property insurance policies issued by state insurer PICC Property and uh, Casualty Co. Ltd. and other smaller insurers. The fake gold came to light in February when. Dongguan Trust Company LTD set out to liquidate King Gold Collateral to cover defaulted debts. In late 2019, King Gold failed to repay investors in several trust products. Dongguan Trust said it discovered that the gleaming gold bars were actually gilded copper alloy. Wow. News sent shockwaves through King Gold's creditors. China Minxing Trust Company LTD, one of King Gold's largest creditors, obtained a court order to test collateral before King Gold's debt, uh, debts came due on May 22nd. The test result returned saying the bars sealed in Mingxing uh, Trust's coffers are also copper alloy. Oh my gosh. And this it, is a wild scam. Here. This is crazy. This wow. is insane because, I mean, okay, 
part of part of the the reason why we have paper dollars, mm-hmm. like paper money, right, is because uh, the U.S. government in the 1930s were afraid uh, that the people, because you know back then your paper money, your fiat was basically uh, IOUs of gold. Right. So what you have, what you can do is take your money, your paper, and go to the banks and say, hey, I'd like to exchange these dollars for my actual gold, and the banks. Obviously, you know, they handed out way too much paper, not enough gold. And they were afraid that if everybody tried to get the gold at once, the scam would be up. Right. So they're right. like, oh, we're going to we're going to we're going to ban gold. That's what we'll do in the 1930s. And so they did that. And then in the 70s, they completely took the dollar off the gold standard. And so now the dollar is just based on, you know, just you and I agreeing that it that it has actual value. Uh, but obviously we've heard about China stacking up on gold, but people were skeptical of China to begin with. But this story, I mean, this is a huge scam. This <laughs> a is, scam. I mean, the, the level of fraud that this is, is, I mean, this represents any, you know, sort of big wall street scam that's been going on. I mean, this is some, uh, you know, major financial issues. This could send shockwaves, uh, you know, because it's, it's all based on credit. You know, they're using the guard, yeah. the gold bars as collateral to gain a bunch of credit. And, uh, yeah, this could shake up the entire debt economy over there. Uh, and who knows? I mean, that could ripple all the way here. I bet there's going to be a lot of creditors checking in on uh, well, on people's collateral. Well, that's the thing. You can't. The, the thing with gold is, you know, people talk about the gold standard, and yes, gold. You know, holding gold is better than holding dollars and stuff like that. But the the big problem with gold is that you can't verify that the gold that you have in the vaults or whatever is actual gold. Number right. one. And, um, especially you know, since many times they're sealed, you know, if you're, right. if you're buying gold from a good dealer, they're all sealed. They've got, uh, you know, a bunch of tracking numbers and stuff on them because they don't, you know, they, you, they don't want to make sure that nobody's messing with it. But you right. know, if it's, if somebody's messed with it before it got sealed, uh, then that's another big issue. That's a whole problem. And what's interesting about this. Okay. Because we've talked about Bitcoin and stuff like that a lot. The thing is, okay, I know people have their skepticism of Bitcoin, and we do too. I mean, I have lots of skepticism in terms of where that whole system is going. Uh-huh. But in terms of verification, ironically enough, it is more, it's easier for the public to verify Bitcoin, uh, somebody owning Bitcoin or, or verifying the existence of somebody you know, right. owning Bitcoin in a wallet than it is to verify gold. You know, that's How crazy a good point. is that? That's a really that good insane. point. That is insane. I mean, I'm just going to say it. That is nuts. Yeah. We live in a crazy world now. Yeah. Because, I mean, these were gilded in gold just by looking at them. You know, you you would think that it's a gold bar, but it's only, you know, after you do some real analysis, some technical assaying of the bars that uh, you would figure out that it's fake. Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you could do it with weight and stuff as well, which may have been a part of this. Um, but yeah, no, that's an interesting case for cryptocurrency and especially Bitcoin yeah. in particular, because um, that's the one thing about Bitcoin. You know, you can say whatever you want about, is it real? Does it have any real value? It's a this or it's a that. But uh, anybody who says they have Bitcoin, you can look and you can see that it's Bitcoin. There's no faking There's a-, a Bitcoin. 
there's a public way to audit yeah. uh, the, the ownership of it, which is completely different from your dollars or the Federal Reserve right. or even gold. Yeah. So this is just craziness. Yeah, no. And, you know, as when I'm talking about shockwaves, that also, I mean, the biggest part of that is it's going to send shockwaves through uh, just the general trusting in gold. I mean, you got to yeah. think, even if you're sort of a private buyer, you know, and you order some gold online or you uh, try to buy it at a store or something, it's only, you know, it's only really as good as that first layer of gilding. You really kind of have to like <laughs> drill a hole through it or do drill some a hole. You can melt it. Yeah. You can melt elect- it or you can electro electro something yeah, yeah. or other bite it, eat it, eat it. Eating it always works. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, anything else on that? Uh, no, but there's more trouble out of China. Uh oh. Welcome to Chinese And this is a this is a judicialwatch.org story, and this is a, a couple weeks old, but I thought I'd include it in here as sort of a just a counter to you know because we're doing a lot of mainstream stuff. This is a little bit more from your your sort of right wing, although they're I think they're you know a little bit more. Uh, honest in terms of some of what they try to report. But uh, it says here, U.S. Medical Research Agency fires dozens of scientists with financial ties to China. Dozens of scientists at the National Institute of Health, the U.S. government's handsomely funded medical research agency, have been fired over their secret financial ties to communist China. It is not clear how long they went undetected or how much taxpayer-funded research they stole. But uh, so far, 54 scientists have been booted for failing to disclose a troubling financial arrangement with the foreign government. Yep. In the uh, overwhelming majority of cases, 93% the cash came from China, according to an ongoing NIH, NIH investigation that started two years ago. Also, in most of the probes, the targets were Asian men in their 50s. The bulk of the ousted researchers received generous grants from the NIH, a federal agency with a $41.7 billion annual budget. It gets into all the numbers here. Fauci too. Yeah, there's a Fauci connection. So keep an eye on this. Uh, Bring it up as part of the whole China corruption. We might actually need to focus on this a little bit more because this has been happening under the radar during this whole COVID thing. Um, There have been a ton of Chinese scientists called. uh, There's a program called Thousand Talents Program comes out of China. It's It's a program that sends scientists and students from China to places like the U.S. and Canada. Um, and what they're finding and what action has been being taken uh, e- even recently is uh, all these scientists are being caught stealing uh, medical information from the government and from the companies that they work for. Um, and over the past few months, there's been a ton of these scientists getting caught. Uh, if not with you know stolen secrets, they've been hiding the money that they've been getting paid uh, to do this. Um, you know, money that uh, comes from China and other Chinese connected institutions. So this is happening a lot. I don't know if we have a a big enough report on it right now to fully flesh out what's going on. Um, But as we move forward, we might need to make some time for this. Well, and especially I think Trump tweeted out over the weekend something about, you know, the more the virus spreads, the more I'm angry at China. So, (laughs) you know, he's he's. You know, he's going to expose more because, of course, we will launch a new age. <laughs> Can't do that with China in the way. Super duper missiles. Super, Love <laughs> super duper missiles. Um, all right. So we're running out of time here and I want to get you out on time. So I'm going to zoom yeah. through uh, what's going on in Hong Kong. 
And yes. then we will thank everybody and get out of here. Welcome to Chinese So I will start uh, at the New York Times. New security law gives China sweeping powers over Hong Kong. This is no. what sparked the Hong Kong protests uh, last year. Some of the most intense protests. In fact, a lot of the uh, protesting strategies that have been used uh, during the Black Lives Matter protests came straight from protesting innovations that came from Hong Kongers. Um, but here we go. Uh, the the reaction to all this now that the Hong Kong protests have died down, China unveiled a contentious new law for Hong Kong late Tuesday that grants the authorities sweeping powers to crack down on opposition to Beijing at home and abroad with heavy prison sentences for vaguely defined political crimes. The law's swift mm. approval in Beijing signal the urgency that the Communist Party leader Xi Jinping has given to expanding his control over Hong Kong. And uh, for those who just need a little brush up, Hong Kong is technically uh, an autonomous financial zone from China. It's a capitalist uh, city, island, um, that is technically not under the power of Beijing um, until now. Uh the law's swift approval in Beijing signaled the urgency that the Communist Party leader Xi Jinping has given to expanding his control over Hong Kong to quash pro-democracy protests that evolved last year into an increasingly confrontational challenge to Chinese rule. The Hong Kong government issued the text of the legislation at 11 p.m. on Tuesday, that's last night, after weeks of unusual secrecy surrounding the drafting of the law in Beijing. The law took effect immediately, even though the public was seeing it on f in full for the first time. The text provided a far-reaching blueprint for the authorities and the courts to suppress the city's protest movement and for China's national security apparatus to pervade any layers of Hong Kong society. Uh, ambiguously worded offenses of separatism, subversion, terrorism, and collusion with foreign countries carry maximum penalties of life imprisonment, inducing residents to hate the government in Beijing or Hong Kong is defined as a serious crime. A new mm. committee for safeguarding national security will be authorized to operate in total secrecy and be shielded from legal challenges. Its officials will be given the task of scrutinizing schools, corporations, non-governmental organizations, news companies, and foreigners living in Hong Kong and abroad. It's meant, quote, it's meant to suppress and oppress and frighten and intimidate Hong Kongers, Claudia Mo, a pro-democracy lawmaker, said. Quote, and they just might succeed at that. Other key details in the law include the law takes direct aim at anti-government protesters strategy of disruption. Last year, demonstrators paralyzed the airport briefly, vandalizing the subway system and attacked. Um, yep, 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 yep. It allows Beijing to seize broad control in security cases, especially during a crisis. The law focuses heavily on perceived role of foreigners in Hong Kong's unrest. So careful if you have a trip planned to Hong Kong. The Chinese legislature approved the law a day before July 1st, the politically charged anniversary of Hong Kong's handover to China in 1997, which regularly draws pro-democracy protests. On the anniversary last year, a huge peaceful demonstration gave way to violence when a small group of activists broke into Hong Kong's legislature, smashing glass walls and spray painting slogans on the walls. Wow, that was a, that was a year ago already. 
Holy yeah. smokes. Quote, those who have stirred up trouble and broken this type of law in the past will hopefully watch themselves in the future. Tam Yuing Sheng, Hong Kong's representative to the legislative group in China that reviewed the law, said in a television interview, if they continue to defy the law, they will bear the consequences. So, long story short, the Hong Kong protests started a year ago in response to Beijing trying to gain extradition uh, authority from Hong Kong. Um, and it's been a year of protests. And this is a complete authoritarian communist takeover of Hong Kong. Um, <clears throat> and to add to this, I want to head over to NBCNews.com with an article titled Hong Kong Police Make First Arrests Under New Security Law As Thousands Protest. Um, remember, this <laughs> is... They took no time to... No time. Implement. They, they passed the it last night and the arrests start today this is a very dangerous time for hong kongers uh police in hong kong made over th uh, made more than 300 arrests at a pro-democracy protest wednesday including the first made under a new national security law less than 24 hours after it was passed by mainland china amid dramatic scenes thousands of protesters took to the streets on the 23rd anniversary of the territory's handover from the uk to china at least 10 people were arrested under the new law police said which came into force late tuesday evening the move is seen as the most significant change since Hong Kong left British rule in 1997 and by critics as a direct threat to the one country, two systems policy that carved out democratic freedoms for Hong Kong. Hong Kong police said they had arrested around 370 people in total for taking part in illegal assemblies and other violations with police using pepper ball guns and water cannons to disperse demonstrators. Police also said one officer had been injured by protesters and that others had set fire to a barricade and obstructed traffic. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Boris Johnson comes in and let's see. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson said on Wednesday that the law was a clear and serious breach of the UK-China joint declaration that govern, governed Hong Kong's handover, handing or adding that he would honor a promise made earlier this month to provide passports and a path to citizenship to as many as three million Hong Kong residents. Quote, we made clear that if China continued down this path, we would introduce a new route for those with British national overseas staff to enter the UK, and that is precisely what we'll do now, he told the House of Commons. British Foreign Minister Dominic Raab later added that the eligible Hong Kong citizens could be granted five years permission to live in the UK before applying for permanent status. So there you go, opening up the UK uh, to help uh, basically political refugees, uh, democracy, you know, democracy loving Hong Kongers uh, now being ruled over by communist China. So good on the UK, I say for that. Um, but there you go. Anything to add guns? Not really. I mean, just, uh, it, it kind of sucks to see the, the one place in China that, that uh, Westerners can kind of go to and feel like they're uh, not going to be, you know, locked away forever right. or something. Completely yeah. taken over. Yeah, it's really a and, shame. Uh, it's really a shame. And especially because, uh, you know, it's a little bit scarier in the context that, you know, for years now doing this show, we see technology or movements or, uh, you know, 
the certain things happening in China. Um, and it's kind of whether it's a testing ground or a pre uh, sort of setup over there. And we eventually see it come to the United States, not without um, pushback, but uh, it's certainly as far as author- authoritarian regimes go, it's an example for the rest of the world. Um, <laughs> so we'll keep an eye uh, on this and see what happens. You know, what's really fascinating, too, is in this country, in the United States, where we are, this this whole China thing and, and you know, complicit with uh, being compliant with the Communist Party, with the arrival of Marxism on the main stage with BLM, it's fascinating that you know, so many people are still kind of like asleep at the wheel in terms of what this whole social justice movement really is. Mm-hmm. And, and not knowing that they're complicit with a communist style dictatorship that they want, you know, they're like, yes, it's better. And, and, and mm. you know, overthrow Trump, the totalitarian and pinning Trump to the Russians, right? Having, yeah. oh, Trump, the Russian, which has its own sort of socialistic type of thing going on. It's like, did they not realize that, that you're, you're being complicit with one style of communism and saying that the totalitarian leader is, is complicit with this other type of communistic socialism. And it's just kind of like, Hey, uh, uh, did you forget what America actually stood for with the, you know, like a democratic Republic or just what the heck happened here? I blame education. I blame the, uh, just the infiltration of our, of our culture of everything in the last good 20 years, it's been happening for longer than that, but it's just fascinating to see how the infiltration into, especially our education system has really made so many people compliant with a totalitarian style dictatorship government that uh, they think they're fighting against, but they're actually, yeah, you know, <laughs> being, and, uh, yeah, I'd, buying into. Oh, totally. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, when we, uh, you know, when I say it's an example of, uh, you know, the the potential risks that we see here in the U.S. I mean, China, uh, and this is again, this is not conspiracy theory. I've been talking to people about this, and they just don't believe yeah. me. But it's public information. Chinese companies owned by CCP members, Chinese Communist Party members, own most of Hollywood. They own most yeah. of our farming land, um, as well as uh, you know many of our medical. Uh, establishments and uh, financial institutions are all owned by CCP members. And, you know, you'd think it's a crazy conspiracy theory that uh, the Chinese Communist Party has a huge influence on United States culture. And it's not. It's just the blatant truth. That's just what it is. So, And the whole reaction nationally that has been politicized to the whole coronavirus situation is along those lines. It's yeah. along the lines of, hey, do we, we we have our freedoms here? What the heck? What's going on? Why do we have to, you know, put aside our freedoms uh, to go to, you know, to gather at churches or anything else um, and listen to the scientific dictatorship? Really, it's it's the same deal. Uh, it's 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 coming from a lot of it is financed by these uh, Chinese infiltrators uh, because otherwise they wouldn't have the money to really do it right. uh, on their own. It'd be, it'd be very difficult to do it just from grassroots movements in the United States. But what China has done really well is made it seem like it's a uh, domestic issue. Yeah. When really they're just funding all this stuff from um, behind the curtain, so to speak. Yeah. And um, yeah. 
So, And one of the spookiest things, I, I had the article open. I didn't put it in the show. Maybe I'll throw it in the next show. You know, we all are aware that the Chinese Communist Party has concentration camps for uh, Uyghur Muslims. They've got millions of people in prison camps over there in the U.S. And uh, there was a shipment just intercepted of, uh, um, I think it was like a few tons of hair coming out of Ooh. the concentration uh, camps Yikes. there. Yes, yeah, they were yeah, yeah. selling, they're selling the Uyghurs hair for profit. So that's spooky. I don't know how that connects yeah. to anything, but it's just another spooky well, that, thing. A lot of the, uh, you know, the organ harvesting and all that stuff happens in right. China too. Yeah. So that, you know, it's a, it's uh, I, the human commodity aspect of it is where it's very troubling. Yeah. And um, okay. more people need to be aware of it. There you go. Well, let's get you out on your uh, your time yes. here. So we will Gotta wrap go. up the show. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk, uh, and especially those tuning in on the live stream, wherever you are, and then especially, especially those on Twitch. Thank you guys so much. Um, remember, you can become a producer of the show, uh, support the show, keep it going, um, by going to patreon.com slash ccnt. There's a bunch of fun levels you can sign up to there. Um, and uh, get a call out on the show and work your way towards the Canary Cry Radio uh, roundtable of knights and dames. Now, there's a couple other ways to become producers of the show. One of them is uh, by creating jingles for the show. A lot of, many of, I would say maybe most of our jingles now are uh, created by producers of the show and we thank them very much for making the show a better place to live. Um, you can also create art. Uh, if we got graphic graphic designers out there, you know, make a, make a show-themed art piece uh, that we can show on the show live, use in newsletters, uh, put on on the Facebook uh, page and stuff there. That's always very great. I don't think we have any uh, new art to show today, do we, Gons? I know we have I some sitting yeah, in the email. I don't know if we stuff. have it prepared. Yeah, I, I haven't hadn't really spent too much time going through some of that. So we apologize for that. We'll definitely get to it next episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's another great way. And if you're a musician, you can uh, create... Uh, a song for the Canary Cry mixtape that we play at the end of the show so make sure to stick around for that that'll be very fun um, let's see what am I forgetting uh, da, 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 da. I don't know I think that's those are all the fun ways you can also leave a rating and or a review for the show remember that this is a podcast and it, it goes out on uh, podcast players all over the world with the crystal clear audio quality if you missed the the live show or you just want to hear it again uh, just search canary cry news talk on any of your podcast players um, i'm trying to pull up the show on itunes here but my computer does not want to do it um, because what we also love is when people leave ratings and reviews for the show it's a great way to tell the itunes robots that uh, more people need to hear the show and we've had a number of great ratings and reviews and unfortunately i am unable to pull them up so we'll read them on the next show um, but i just know that if you left a rating and a review i saw them they are great they are hilarious thank you so much 
And if you guys want to help out the show, uh, please leave a rating and a review on whatever podcasting app that you have. That is fantastic. Um, now, another great, perhaps the greatest way to share the show uh, and uh, uh, simultaneously help your fellow human beings. Y'all have friends, y'all have family who throughout all this stuff, they're starting to wake up a little bit. They're starting to realize that uh, not everything is as it seems. And a great way to help them out and help us out is to simply send them an episode of this show. It'll help them wake up, ha- help them plug into a community of other people waking up and uh, it's pretty great and if you need help figuring that out here's what you do you walk right up to them you grab them by the cage and you shake it they're going to probably try and rattle her cage a little bit more i want to shake things up stir up some controversy rattle a few cages Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right. Ask Noah. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Remember, we will be back. We do not have a show this Friday. This was a tough week uh, for us. We're just happy to have been able to get this show in there. But we'll be back next Monday, uh, which will be July, what, 7th? 3rd. 3rd? No, sorry. 4th, 5th, 6th. 4th, 5th, 6th. Okay. (laughs) July 6th. Make sure to tune in on Monday and remember us uh, for next Monday we uh, will be giving more shout outs to producers um, so please help us that way uh, we'll be uh, doing the show sometime between noon and 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, so keep an eye out turn on your notifications uh, follow us in in different places just in case one of the notifications doesn't go out to you um, and we will see you then but here's the most important things folks you got to remember to think outside the cage. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. Aliens. Oh, and happy Canada Day, everybody. Thanks, Canada, for Canada Arm 2. Now that right there is a definition of insanity. I wanna shake things up, shake things up. I wanna shake things up, shake things up. Leave the bird alone. I wanna stir up some controversy. I wanna rattle a few cages. I wanna rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm it. the last you are entering a dimension of sound you carefully come in through the threshold with wonder yet skepticism 
You see the faint shape of an outline of a robot arm petting a cat. You faintly hear the haunting sounds of a man playing a tambourine. The sound augments into two men playing with a soundboard. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Stay a while and listen. And now, where Nephilim news meets biblical views, you'll find broken memes and shattered dreams. Give it up for Basil and God. Don't let me go into the archives and find out what I told you. I tell you something. People call me everything under the sun, accuse me of lying and everything else. I try to give you a heads up. I warn you. And then months later, when I'm right, everybody forgets. I I said this months ago. I said this months ago. I tried to tell y'all this is what was happening. I tried to tell you. Heads are going to roll. I tried to tell you. It's chaos. It's a mess. I tried to tell you. And nobody wanted to listen. Do y'all hear me now? Aliens. Is it clear? Aliens. I tried to tell y'all. It's getting ugly. It's a mess. I tried to tell y'all. I tried to tell you. Nobody wanted to listen. And now you see folks scurrying. I mean, my... I tried to tell you. You know how many times... I'll say something months in advance and then it comes to, to, to fruition and then y'all forget I reported. See, they're going to have breaking news like it's news. You know what the news was today? I tried to tell you. But nobody wanted to listen. In the future, humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and Keep the cameras on